You're listening to the Hustle and Grind podcast, a podcast for all makers out there hustling and grinding every day to turn their dreams into a reality. If you'd like to support what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash hustle and grind. And for as little as $1 a month, you can help support our work. And every time we get a new Patreon supporter on patreon.com, an angel gets its wings. I'll do it. Welcome back, everybody. First episode of 2023, and we're off with a bang. I'm here, Ryan Chadborn Knifeworks, sitting here with Noah from the Anyot River Forge, and we got a special short notice guest in the house, B. Cone, Sharp hey, Santa guys. himself of the Work For It podcast, B. Cone Knives, Work For It 2, a man of many, many hats. Well, I got to cover up my bald head somehow, don't I? <laughs> so, so, so how's the, the, the rest period that you're in right now after the, the rush of delivering all the, the, the presents to all the little children around the world <laughs> as Sharp Santa? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's it was crazy for sure. Getting all those presents out. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. We're all knife makers. We got to you got to do a Christmas rush almost every year, right? It can be mm-hmm. brutal. That's for sure. But yeah, it's it's uh it's nice to be here. I mean, it's what was it? You you got a hold of me about ten minutes ago, and hey, we we making it happen over here, loving it. Yeah, our our originally scheduled guest had some technical issues, so we're gonna reschedule with him. And I was like, damn it, who can I get in here? So literally, I started going through alphabetically on my phone. I called Brian House. He didn't answer. He's a busy man. You were right behind him. I'm like, hey. B Cone. We'll try B Cone. <laughs> I and guess having answer. a B first name has finally paid off for me. Yeah, I don't go. know who would Love have been it. next. We, if you hadn't answered, we probably would have been doing just a twofer. But probably, well, I gotta, we really appreciate I gotta, you jumping in, man. That's awesome. You were able to do that. Thank you, thank you. I've got to ask, who was the person who who had the technical difficulties? Uh, Th Bladecraft. Okay, cool, cool. That'll be he, a good one. Out, I'm sure. Yeah, he lives out in the boonies, so he. Some technical issues with connections, and it is what it is. It happens all the time. So sure, yeah. So guys, what uh, it's 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 twenty twenty three. It's the beginning of the new year. I'm sure everybody's got their their goals and everything. But I know this time of year, you know, resolutions are kind of a big thing. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that really are are proponents of of resolutions. I myself have a couple. I wanted to ask you about yours. Um, B Cone, your, your co-host, uh, also Brian, um, he, I was surprised cause he's actually a really big fan of, of, of resolutions in general, new year's resolutions. And I think, shoot, I can't even remember what he said, but if something like only lazy people don't make new year's resolutions, I think is what he said. Um, you know, if you're a Patreon of the, Work no, 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 podcast, he said only, he said only lazy people do make New Year's revolu- resolutions. No, no, I don't think that's what he said. It Because I, I remember him being very vocal about how much he loved New Year's <laughs> resolutions. And those of you that are patrons of the Work For It podcast know what I'm talking about. Because Brian House went on a spiel about how great New Year's resolutions are and, and, and how they can really benefit you as a human being. Yeah, honestly, so, listening or being that. there live, being there live for that after show. I mean, he was getting teary eyed. He just loves those New Year's rev- resolutions so much. It was 
it's really cool to like hear him emotionally break down because of just his love for it. It's really it cool. It was inspiring. It was inspiring for sure. <laughs> so, so, so that being said, um, Ryan, let's start with you and then we'll go to B cone once he composes himself here. Um, what's, uh, what's your guys' new year's resolutions look like? I don't make new year's resolutions because anything, I don't know, man, seems like it's for lazy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like Uh, if you have a New Year's resolution to lose weight, you could start losing weight in November (laughs) or October. You know what I mean? That's an interesting perspective. I don't know if I've heard that one before. No, I don't think I've ever heard that either at all. (laughs) I think it also gives people a buffer for failure because, (laughs) oh, it does. It doesn't matter that I did. I didn't accomplish that. It was just a New Year's resolution. It wasn't a real goal, you know. Well, sure. the other the, well, the other aspect of it is like, oh, darn, I didn't get that done this year. Now I have to wait until next New Year's to re re resolute myself to that uh, to that goal. Yeah. And I don't look at it that way. If if anything, you could call it a resolution. My only resolution I've ever had is the same every year. And it's to crush this year way better than I crushed last year. You know what I'm saying? Just got to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward crushing it crushing goals crushing you a goal, it you make a goal you crush it you make a new goal just like go. brad paisley we want to be crushing it <laughs> i don't know who that is you don't Neither know who do brad I. paisley is what <laughs> boys uh, he's, he's one of the one of the best uh country music artists that has ever lived see here's oh. the thing and he's an amazing guitarist Here's the thing. I grew up in a very small town like, you know, Sandusky. It's more cows and people, very rural. Um, There was a lot of country music. And don't get me wrong. I love, you know, old country, Johnny Cash, you know, all all of the like Willie Nelson. I mean, you can list off a lot of them. But for whatever reason, about halfway through high school, I just like got this rebellious streak in me. And for whatever reason, I just swore off country for a long, long time. And honestly, listening to some of the pop country that's come out lately, maybe that wasn't a bad thing. Well, you can't listen to bro country. Bro country is its own own genre. And actually, I was I'm not going to like say where, but I was stuck somewhere recently and somebody played some bro country and it's gotten worse than it was even when when I was younger. Like my eyes started to twitch and I like was like getting ready to like go into a rage and start breaking things. It was so bad. I couldn't believe how awful it was. What the fuck is bro country? Bro country. uh, You know who uh, Luke Bryan is? Oh, I call it bubblegum country. Yeah. Yeah, So, so so Luke Luke Bryan is the father of modern bro country and it all went downhill. Like after he started doing it and it's gotten worse now, it's like country rap, which shortens really easily into crap. Um, and it's just sort of like that hip hoppy, like every song you have to mention the phrase painted on jeans, uh, white t-shirt and uh tailgate of a truck. I think as, is in order for it to actually be published, you have to have those things in the song oh. and it's awful. Like I, I thought it was bad before, but I heard some, some newer stuff or I was forced to, and I, I, I felt the rage. I was ready to kill somebody. It was bad. The only new country that I enjoy is like coal mining, bluegrass type country, like Tyler Childers, um, Coulter Wall, who's Canadian, um, bands like Poor Man's Poison. 
like bluegrassy type stuff, not like yeah. my dog ran away in my truck and do, 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 or like up <laughs> like uh, up church. I really like up church when he was. Hold on for a second. I need to have an entire album of Ryan Chadbourne just strumming on a guitar. My dog ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear it. We need to make it happen. I'd buy that. Oh, no. Oh, man. We could do a hustle and grind musical hour. Yeah, man. I'm down. Oh, no. She broke my heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. I think you could actually pull that off, Ryan. I don't, that, was, that was good. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's what I do. Better, it was better than what I was listening to the other weekend. That's for Ooh. sure. What was oh, that? Little do you. Oh, the stuff that I'm talking about, the the bro country or whatever that oh, yeah. got tortured. Little do you guys know, after these podcasts, I turn the monitor back on in my headphones and I sing to myself while I do the editing. I'm not oh. surprised by that. Just throw I'm a actually, microphone on. Just throw a microphone on and just like have that in the background as like background music throughout the podcast. <laughs> That'd go well. I am a in the car by myself singer, though. I'll admit okay. to that. Aren't we you all? Know what I mean, you're just jamming. Oh, yeah. Just jamming. And you think you sound good because the music's so loud that it, like, cancels out how you sound. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And there's no one well, there to I've, judge you. I've had so much time because my shop's an hour away to do that exact thing where you throw on you throw on music and you just, you know, jam out to whatever you're listening to. But come Friday, that's that's all done with. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy for you, man. That sounds incredible. I'm excited, man. I'm that's really excited. So cool. You could soundproof your shop. I think I'm going to have to just because the neighbors are relatively cl- close. Mm, yeah, probably uh, a good idea. Uh. So before we get off the music thing, I actually let's let's do a little uh, little roundy here. And what's what's everybody been listening to? I mean, we're alone by ourselves a lot. We're in our cars a lot. We're in our shop a lot. If you could name just like one band or one song that's really been getting you going lately. Um, what, what are you listening to right now? Maybe we can share that with our listeners so we can commiserate a little bit. Brian, what, or, yeah, Brian, what have you l- been listening to? Rage Against the Machine every single morning. There's no better way to wake up in the morning to throw on some headphones and listen to Killing in the Name. If that doesn't get your blood going and ready to go to work, I don't know what will. Killing in the name of. And they do it to you. Yeah, man. Love that shit. I'll show you my playlist right now. Oh my gosh. Cause I, we're getting I deep have, here. Uh, all right. So the first song is St. James by the devil makes three Johnson family by the devil makes three. As I go, which is Chris Webby. That's a rap song. Black sheep by poor man's poison. A guy named Khan, which is K A A N. He's a rapper. That's Mary Jane white lines, snack, the ripper step away. More Poor Man's Poison, Poor Man's Poison, Poor Man's Poison, Mercules, Chris Webby, Jelly Roll, Jelly Roll. Some random song I like by Gone. I don't listen to any other song by them but that one. It's called In My Bones. And So, I, this aside from Jelly Roll, I've never heard of any of these people. I don't even know what kind of music Jelly Roll is. I just know I've heard of it. Do you have like a Spotify playlist where people can go and listen to this or I could so that we could kind of get an idea of what what it is you're talking about? No, I have YouTube premium, so I've got the YouTube music app. That's the way to you know go, what? though, man. YouTube no. premium, as soon as you've had a taste of that, it's hard to go back. 
I canceled my subscription for two weeks and I was like, fuck, I'm going back. Yeah. YouTube, YouTube good, with huh? no ads. YouTube with no ads, bro. No ads. Mm. It's worth it. It's worth 12 bucks a month. And you get the music app, which is cool. But I don't know if I don't know if we can play songs on here. No, I have no, no idea. No, we'll no, get taken down. We, yeah, we go to you. We post to YouTube now. But and then, you know, and then I have a second playlist. It's all Jelly Roll. It's the four Waylon and Willie's albums that he did with uh, Struggle Jennings. Sweet, sweet. No, what's yours? Oh, um, I. so there's a band called Bad Omens, and I don't know if you get, I listen to like a lot of metalcore, pretty much almost entirely metalcore. Um, All right. But I, I do listen to other genres, though, a lot. Um, actually, you know, I talked about uh, Brad Paisley. I listen to like good old country. Um, I listen to pretty much every genre other than like, I don't listen to a whole lot of hip hop and I don't listen to a whole lot of, um, well, I don't listen to any reggae at all. I don't like reggae. Really? Yeah. Not, huh. not for me, man. Um, but yeah, so I mostly listen to metal and metalcore and bad omens is, is a little bit of a lighter metalcore band. They don't do like, it's not as heavy as a lot of other ones, especially their latest album, but their latest album called the death of peace of mind. I've been listening to that one a lot. And it's one of those things where it just gets in your head and you just kind of have to keep listening to it because you can't, can't stop. It's like, it's, it's there. And I'm a very obsessive person. So, uh, I'll, I'll listen to it until I'm absolutely sick of it. And then I can't listen to it again for quite a while. So it's that neurodivergent brain. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I can't stop one stop. I used hey, to be man. a huge Coheed and Cambria fan. Mm, yep. I listened to them a lot back in the day. Back in the day. I have a keyword tattoo in the ditch of my elbow, but they're the only band that I've sought out to see live. And I've seen them live four times. And wow, they're, um, they're absolutely amazing live. Their new stuff sucks. I can't stand it. My brother hates me for uh-huh. saying that. That's but that's a bummer. It well, you know, I mean, it happens with all musicians. Once you once you get to a level of fame and wealth, what real pain do you have in your life? You know what right. I'm saying? For like sure, good yeah. music comes from the soul. And if you're driving around in a Bugatti and you live in a mansion, you don't yeah. have any soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, I was kind of joking about the New Year's resolutions a little bit, um, but you guys <laughs> have—we brought it back. I love it. We brought we're, it back. We're going back. We're going. We're going back in the. Let's circle back, guys. Come on, we're going to circle back to this. Uh, as far as like goals for 2023, I mean, I know that we we all have goals, like maybe not resolutions, but goals, things that we want to accomplish in this next year. Uh, what what sort of goals do you guys have? You go, Ryan, do you want to go? Oh, I guess I'll go first. Um, Honestly, it's all short term goals for me, getting the house up and running, getting the shop ready to go. Um, I was talking a little bit about this welder trade, and I've been trying to get a hold of him all day today. And the the guy has just stopped responding. So, oh, no, you got ghosted. Yeah, I think he got cold feet. No big deal. Whatever. I'll just probably get another whatever. I'll figure it out. But I wanted to mention that. that to you, actually. So we'll yeah. bring that back up when you're done with your point, because I, I have a multi-function welder, so I wanted okay. to give you my two cents on it, too. Sure. I like, love the fact that ever since I brought that up, I've had more people in my DMs talking about welders and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Love it. I love that. I love that feedback. It helps a lot for sure. But um, yeah, I definitely want to learn how to weld and become competent in welding so that 
you know, obviously I can get a metal glue gun and stick things together, but I want to like weld well, you know? Yeah. So my two cents on the multifunction welder and House said you should have, you shouldn't go with a multifunction. You should buy each individual welder. And I agree with him. And this is why I have a Lincoln LE 31 MP. It's the small welder, but it does MIG, TIG and stick. Yeah, it's I did the math. The torch is like 180 bucks. The pedals like like another 200 and something bucks. And then you got to buy an argon tank that's straight argon for TIG welding. And that's another 200 bucks, 225, whatever. So you're almost up to $700 just to get your multifunction welder to weld TIG when you could just buy a TIG welder for about that same amount of money. Do you see what I'm saying? So house is correct because I would have to switch all the, excuse me, switch all the leads over, switch everything over to go from MIG to TIG. And with, if you had dedicated welders, you could just, but my, also I would say skip flux core. Ah, man. I I was hoping I wasn't going to hear that because that's what I was going to go to because it's so cheap. It's cheap, but, you don't have to be a good welder to lay a good MIG weld if you use a gas MIG. Okay. Like, you, I mean, the gas makes such a difference. You get your nozzle close enough. That's the biggest mistake most people make is they have their nozzle too far away. You okay. You get your nozzle close enough and you listen to it and you want it to sound like sizzling bacon. Frying bacon. See, here's the question because you have to get gas for MIG. How much are one of those bottles and how much roughly is it going to be to refill? It's 60 bucks. I have a small bottle. It's the smallest one they'll sell you. It's 60 bucks to refill it. And it's 160 for the bottle. And every, you don't refill it. They swap them out. So you bring them, you bring in your empty one. They give you a new one. Okay. All right. I'm into it. My, my, my local welding shop, you're basically, you're renting the bottle. So I already had a bottle with my welder. So I just go there and it's like 60 or 70 bucks just to swap it straight out. You've got a whole new tank of gas. You're good to go. And I don't do a ton of welding. I mean, I weld up my billets, you know, repairs here and there, like not a whole lot of welding. And I mean, that one bottle is going to last me for probably two years just with the minimal amount of welding that I do. Yeah. Yeah. My, my bottle, I fill it like once a year and most of the time it goes empty is because I left the valve on. Oh no. Yes. Always, always close it. I have, I have a checklist that I do when I'm getting set up to weld and I have a checklist that I do when I'm done welding and the last thing is always to close that bottle to make sure it doesn't leak out. I feel like I'm set up for that pretty well because even with my propane forge, the first thing I, you know, I, I turn it off and then I also turn it off at the, at the bottle itself or at the, yep. at the tank. So it's, it's kind of already ingrained in me to like, okay, shut everything off, make sure no gas flow can go out anywhere because you know, the shed's just out in the back and I'd hate for that thing to blow up. Oh, yeah. for sure. You never, never trust regulators. So yeah. that's just my two cents. But anyways, I, I completely agree with, with Ryan's assessment and also Brian house's assessment without having the uh, experience that they have just because it, I've been in a lot of different professional, semi-professional uh, settings over my adult life. And the easiest way to tell a professional tool from a do it yourself for tool is how many functions does it provide? Because mm. if you have one tool 
that's a good tool that's dedicated to that one thing, it's generally a, a better quality tool than things that are, you know, multi-porpoise. So you've got, my wife bought this thing called a sand deck and it's like a works brand. And she got this thing cause it had all these different attachments that you could put on. It could be like a, a, a vibrating sander. It could do oscillating. It could do the fine tune or whatever. And the thing broke freaking constantly. And finally, when she was done with it, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of thought that, you know, the fact that it was all these different functions kind of was a pretty solid indication that it wasn't that quality of a tool. Because if you look at any professional in their job, they have dedicated tools for each dedicated operation that they do. And me as a mechanic, I have one tool for one job and I have a lot of them. Now there's an exception to that rule. And I feel like that's two by 72 belt grinders. I, I feel like isn't isn't there a sponsor on this show that's a two by seventy two belt grinder you know company? I'm so glad you brought that up, B Cone. Yeah, man, I I really am because we did we got a new sponsor and I'm super pumped about it. Um, I'm like I'm like so humbled and floored by it because it's like they're really just helping out a little guy. The size of us compared to the size of them is like. It's unbelievable. I mean, Ameribraid is sponsoring the Hustling Grind podcast. Honestly, I'm I'm still a little bit in shock, and I am so grateful to them to uh, to be reaching out and and helping us. And we're going to do our best to uh, you know provide the value to them and to you, our listeners. So this week we're announcing it. We're sponsored by Ameribraid. We're going to be getting some really cool products from them that we're going to be able to test and give you guys some feedback on and how we like them. But even without that, we can tell you that these are quality products because we wouldn't have gotten a sponsorship from a company that wasn't quality products that we knew had the reputation to stand behind. And we're not only that, but just good members of the community that we wanted to help promote. So we're going to get some more specific feedback for you. We're going to get you guys some promo codes, bring you guys some value so that you can go and, and save some money on some of these machines. They have some incredible attachments and tools. Um, their machines are excellent. I mean, they have some of the coolest uh, packages that you can buy and stuff with all different kinds of cool attachments. Um, the way that they have their machines set up is really awesome. Uh, just the, the, the versatility and, and the, they have like VFD mounts. I mean, the way that they have their machines is really cool. So if you guys would go check out Ameribraid, see what they have to offer, see what might be useful to you, see what tools they have that could help you expand your personal, you know, tool set, your, not your tool set, but like your, 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 your skill set. Because, uh, one of the things that I looked at that I'm going to be, um, getting my hands on is they have a a waterfall and integral bolster jig that you can put on Yo. your two by 72. And I cannot tell you how excited I am. And this is kind of where I was going to go with our, our goals this year is my goal this year is I want to get into integral chef knives because that is something that I have always loved. I mean, I, when I see an integral chef knife, it does something for me that, other styles just don't. I just, I love that look. I love the balance. I love the feel of integral chefs. So I'm going to be pushing myself to do that this year. And that tool is going to help me to expand my skill set, expand my horizons and really push myself to, uh, to, to keep going with that. So I am super excited for Ameribraid to be coming on board with us. 
super excited to try out some of their products and uh yeah can't wait to see where this goes guys i'm really excited some people might say like but guys their grinders run a two inch arm and to that i would say yes but they offer one and a half inch arms for all of their accessories so if you need a uh rotary platen there's this top quality and they will offer it in a one and a half inch arm for your revolution your ba shredder your any of the other brands that are out there the uh broadbacks everybody yeah they they provide fitment arms for all other brands too and most importantly if you're listening to this and you run a revolution i know what you're thinking well that one and a half inch arm isn't going to fit into my revolution because it's got rounded corners their arms have rounded corners. It's not like a square stock of aluminum like a lot of other brands have. It's going to fit directly into your Revolution, and it's going to be a top quality attachment, whether it's a swallow attachment, whether it's the integral bolster grinder that I'm talking about, or a rotary platen, or any of their other awesome attachments that they have. It's going to fit your machine. The knife, now another... They have a knife sharpening jig. Mm. Nice, so nice. You, slack platen. Every, everything you can think of, they have a hollow grind jig Whoa. That, com- that comes with an angle indicator. That's pretty so, cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Another thing with Ameribrade, didn't they just have their Instagram hacked where like they had to start over from scratch again? They do. So if you're listening to this, everybody hop over there. It's Ameribrade underscore official on Instagram and get their numbers back up. They were at 50,000. And I think they're up to about 2,500 right now. Yeah, I saw that. And that's that's always been something on my mind. Like, oh, my God, what happens if my social medias get hacked? Always. I mean, of course, you got to have two-step authentication on everything nowadays because there's so many people that lose a lot in their small business because their, their Instagram, their Facebook, whatever gets hacked. And all of a sudden, they don't have a voice. They get overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, that's, that's brutal. Scary. For sure. So more news to come, everybody, on Ameribraid as far as discounts, promo codes, and all the things that we'll be able to offer our listeners through their sponsorship. And um, yeah, this is going to be great. We're super excited. Nice. Hell yeah. Moving up in the world, boys. I love it. Yeah. He didn't even hesitate. I ask everybody. I shoot out messages all the time to people. You want to sponsor me? Brunt, Isotunes. Um, anybody that the knife making community like has a little bit of, you know, they're, they're invested a little bit in us. I'll shoot them a message. Usually I get turned down. Um, Ameribraid didn't even hesitate. We'd love to. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through the rest of the sponsors. Let's get them out of the way. I'm liking this oh, role. That's not a Let's bad do- idea. We'll go right now. We'll do Maritime Knife Supply. Hustle & Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Thanks, Thanks, Luke. Luke. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. That's a good one. And, you know, we always talk about how much we love Lawrence. He just had an incredible Boxing Day sale on his website. So I hope everyone got in on that. 
aside from that, he, he made a post. I think they sent out, I think it was in total like $6,000 worth of gift cards that they sent out to all of their, their good customers, all their best customers, the people that support them. So, I mean, talk about the community supporting itself. I mean, everybody supporting each other as it was so awesome for Lawrence to do that. And, and, and anybody who, you know, supports Maritime Knife Supply, I hope you, uh, I hope you got some, some great deals uh, over the last week on uh, the Boxing Day sale and keep supporting our man, Lawrence Lake. Man, I missed out on that this year because, you know, I'm at that point where it's like, do I get it shipped to my old shop and all of a sudden it's just another thing I have to move? Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> yeah, I missed out. But hey, the the thing is, is that his deals are always so well that you never really need the deals because they're already lower than most places that you find because of the Canadian to U.S. exchange rate. For sure. That is, for sure. That is true. And like, you know, I know we, we always, I mean, I've, I shop around. I'm one of those, uh, I'm one of those uh, sort by low to high uh, people when they're, when yeah, they're shopping on the internet. And, uh, and Lawrence is consistently low in his prices compared to almost everywhere else on a regular basis. Yeah, he sponsors the Work For It podcast, and I'm still a bastard. I'll I'll just pay, take a peek at other places, but then I always come back because it's it's the lower prices. Usually, the only time I don't order something from Lawrence is if it's something I use he doesn't carry. Which is yeah. a couple of like little things. Like I like G Flex epoxy. That's just my personal choice. That's what I always use on everything. Lawrence carries Seat Corp because he's Canadian. It is what it is. But it's always like small things like that. Uh, for the most part, there is nothing you can't find on his website. For the most part, I mean, I just he's ordered got myself some new files. I'm pretty excited for for doing my integrals that I'm going to be doing. Got some new files mm-hmm. coming. He's sure, got checkering sure. files. I want one so bad. So you can do like jipping on your spine with Dude, a file. Those, those checkering fu- files are so nice for for putting in jimping. Mm-hmm. I was able to find one on Amazon pretty early on in my knife making career. And I still use the same one because, I mean, I very rarely put in jimping anymore. It's just something that I've kind of fallen off of. But when you do, it's like it's it's a no brainer. You need that because it's I mean, you you spend 10 minutes and you have perfect jimping in. Yep. Yep. Love it's a pricey for one file, but I mean, it's worth every penny. They they last forever. So everybody go check out Lawrence Lake over at Maritime Knife Supply. Yeah, man. And I felt like an idiot. I got a little thank you from him on that, you know, the gift cards he sent out and I didn't see his post. So I just randomly got an email that I had a gift card and I'll go, I message him. I go, what's this for? Is this still valid? (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yeah, it's this. Oh, 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 I'm an idiot. My bad. Sometimes I get scrolling and I just scroll right past stuff. Yeah, same here. I used to have so much junk mail in my Beco Knives email that I, I basically had to go through and ups, unsubscribe to everything except for things that persist to my knife making stuff. Just because, you know, you get a couple hundred, you know, emails a day of mostly of shit. And all of a sudden, you know, you get something that you need and you you just miss it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's just one of those little <laughs> things, man. All right, man, let's do one more sponsor and get those bills paid, and that way we can move on. Let's do it. Phoenix Abrasives. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by phoenixabrasives.com, your one-stop abrasive shop. 
They stock all the abrasive belts you need in all sizes. They also offer knife-making kits, which have all the goods you need in one kit, as well as hand sanding and buffing materials. Go to phoenixabrasives.com and use the code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your order. Thanks, Luke. There you go, gentlemen. Phoenixabrasives.com. Everything you need right there. They had an end-of-the-year sale going on. It may still be going on. I'm not sure when it ended, but it was 11% off everything on the website. Nice. See, I've never had Phoenix Abrasives. For whatever reason, they just missed my rotation of things I've I've ordered. So Mm. I guess I don't have very much experience with them, but everything I've heard has been positive. Well, if you buy from them, you can use the promo code HUSTLE10 and get 10% off your entire order. And it also helps us too. It it helps them track how much we generate from their sponsorship. So nice. It helps the boys. Go get yourself some gator belts. Yeah. They've got pretty much every brand type size belt you can imagine. They got buffing wheels, surface conditioning, you name it. Dude, I don't even want to talk about surface conditioning belts right now. I made such a mistake with them this week. Did you well, catch now a you tip? have to talk about it because now I want to hear it. So I'm working on some Baker Forge and Tool Steel, and I'm doing I'm doing three different knives, um, two chef knives, and then one that was just like you know three. I had three and a half inches of left on the end of the billet, and it's like you, you can't just throw that stuff away. You can't just set it aside. You got to make something cool out of it. So I started making this like cleaver that's, I mean, it's three and a half inches long and it's damn near three inches wide. So it's just like this little like square of a cleaver and it had a little stick tang. So like, you know, that's, that's going to get buried in the handle, you know, whatever. It's just honestly, what I thought of it is, you know, it'll be a cool um, little side project. And then also I can use it to like test what the steel etch is like. So I can test on that one. And then when I'm doing the sh- the two chef knives, those ones can actually be done with some knowledge of what works best on this. I, it was uh, bronze diamond my from Baker. Ooh, and, that's um, a cool pattern. Oh my god, it's so cool! It's so damn expensive. <laughs> it's crazy, but it's worth it. I mean, the one of them is a customer, and then the other one I'm doing a collaboration with the art the art of craftsmanship. So that's Ooh. nice, Devin it's and Dustin be really fun O'Hara. Yeah, great guys for sure. But yeah, um, anyway, so cool. I'm working on this test little cleaver and I've I've got the bevels ground in, got it ground it down to zero. Um, and I'm, you know, as I'm going up through the grits, I go all the way up to 600 and I just got some new. I've always had the ultra fine surface conditioning belts. I've I've always used them. They're, I'm, it, they're just so nice. They leave a really nice finish. But in my last order, I forget when um, I ordered the um, the fine, which is the blue and then the medium, which is like the maroon color, mm-hmm. that that brownish maroon color. Mm-hmm. So I thought, OK, you know, I'm spending all this extra time and, you know, I'm, I'm making sure every single scratch is out of it all the way up through 600 grit. Well, let me just run through the surface conditioning as well. And I'm, I've never used the the medium stuff. 
So I throw it on and I do, I do one really heavy pass and I'm like really going at it because I really lean into the surface conditioning belts and I pull it away. And honest to God, it went from like a 600 grit, really nice scratch pattern down to like, it looks like 36 grits, grit scratches across it. Really? And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> I spent all this time really finessing all of these grinds and all of a sudden I'm back to 36. Yeah, you can those surface conditioning belts, you kind of have to break them in because when you first get them, the grit is like so solid on the outside. It's like a real abrasive, like the core. Yeah. Ones, you could take metal away with them. Honestly, uh-huh. I did. I mean, looking at how much how deep of scratches and there was there's a solid like, spark trail underneath of it. And maybe that should have like awakened my my monkey brain <laughs> of, oh, I'm grinding on this thing and I'm getting sparks. Maybe it's putting in scratches. But no, I didn't think about it. Oh, Ugh. that's brutal. What speed were you running it at? Oh, shit. Probably 80, 90. You know, oh, just oh, yeah, just going at it. Just working. Oh, <laughs> I had my headphones on. I was probably listening yeah. to you guys. I was jamming out and, you know, I wasn't thinking. Oh man, yeah. I, I usually run those surface conditioning belts at a real low speed if I'm using really? them. Really, yeah. really. I do too because they build up heat, and it's it's the last thing I do, so I don't want to like risk anything. But I've had close calls with them. I've caught the tip in them before. Oh yeah, I've done that so too. So I w- I was doing the spine on a chef knife up on the slack, not even thinking about it. And I, I tilted it up and it caught the tip and it like cleared my arm, (gasps) like just barely missed my arm when it flew past me and hit the floor. And I was like, yeah, Oh, I deserved that. That was dumb. I did the same thing when I first got my two by 72 on a buffing belt. And I was, I was trying to, I was trying to do the bottom of the handle and just get that nice, you know, really trying to polish up the, the tang and I go around it and it's just uh, it had a flared back like the the flared back tip. I blink yeah. and but anyways, on the, on yeah, the heel I'm, of the knife. Right uh, up towards the tip. It was like that, that like like a flay knife, like I do my oh, flay knife. OK, all right. So gotcha. so I'm trying to get the tang to really get polished around the handle. And all of a sudden it goes into the belt and it throws it actually into my face. What? And luckily, the balance point was ever so slightly forward of the middle of the blade. Hey, you know, I I wasn't I wasn't taking out any of the tang or any of that. I was still very new. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And basically, I watched the and I was doing the live stream at the exact same time. So, oh my you know, gosh. my mom's on Emily's on, you know, a couple other family members were on and all like I'm grinding away. I'm tired. It's after I worked at Target. You know, I'm trying to do a live stream, I'm trying to be energetic, but you know, so I'm only half paying attention to what I'm actually doing. And I hit that and it, it honestly felt like I got punched right in the face. It was right across my cheek. And uh, I take a step back off camera and, you know, I just kind of like stop, like what the hell just happened? I'm looking for the knife and I like itch my face and I pull my hand away and it's just covered in blood. And I oh. take a step back onto camera and like there's blood gushing down into my beard. And all of a sudden, oh like, and I, I just like look at, I look at myself in the camera, like, oh my god! And I, I immediately hit the stop on the on the live stream, and immediately my mom calls, Emily calls, oh, a yeah. few other people call, <laughs> freaking out. Up. Right, phone just absolutely starts, you know, going crazy. Meanwhile, I'm trying to like, you know, oh my, it, is my cheek missing? Like, what is it? Luckily, you know, the the balance point was right there close at the center. So the very end of the tip, I had two very thin scratches across my cheek. 
So like the very tip of the blade went around, did a revolution, did another one ever so slightly deeper. And then the heel of the knife punched me in the, or the, the end of the knife of the handle punched me in the face and then fell into the, the water bucket. So yeah, that's, yeah. that was my uh, close call and why I immediately bought those face shields. And uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things, especially if you, you um, learn how to make knives and you don't have a mentor you tend to learn things the hard way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for that, sure. Crazy, crazy I've, shit. I've, I've broken too many belts. I think I've broken more than anybody that I know of. Like it oh, just yeah, happens that, to me on a regular basis. That time where it slapped you on the top of the head and like took away big it chunks. split me open right there. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I think I, think I pushed only, too hard. I think I've only broken one belt. I think that's now, it. When you tighten your belts, Ryan, are you like really cranking those things tight? No, it's like halfway on the piston on the piston. It's like, I think it's me. I think I push too hard when I'm profiling because it's always mm. when I'm profiling. The the t- Actually, I can't say that because when it hit me in the head, I was doing a bevel. But that was the mm. only time I've ever had one snap. And it's always the seam let's go. Is it, your, is it that your platen is too far forward of the, the edge of your wheels? I use a straight edge and I line them all up. Oh, no so I shit. Hold against, huh. I hold it against. So I've, I've checked everything. That's the only thing I can think of is I'm pushing too hard or I'm getting them too hot. And that's why the seams are failing. That could be because it's, it's always while I'm profiling. Noah, I mean, Brian and I have shared some dumb shit we've done. Noah, I feel like it's your turn. Oh, my gosh. I've Put done you on the spot. Of dumb stuff. Oh, OK, well, here we go. Here's one. Uh, this is, this is not knife making related because I don't injure, I injure myself when I'm knife making, but it's always small, like stupid things where I just like grind a knuckle off or something like that. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, I, I've been cutting something on the bandsaw and then just like pushed through and then like cut my thumb. That one was, I was so mad at that one. Cause it's like, it's the face of my right thumb. Like I'm a mechanic mm. and a knife maker. Like, are you kidding me? Now I have to not use my thumb for like two weeks. I was pissed about that one. Uh, one of the worst ones I've ever done is I was going hunting. And so there's this, there's this mountain near my work. I was going hunting after work, get off work, hop in the truck. And I go blasting up Birch mountain road. And I drive, well, I still have it, but I don't drive it anymore. Um, this rattly old 87 lifted Chevy half ton. And it's always been a bit of a project truck. You know, I've, I've basically rebuilt the thing from the engine, transmission, everything. I've done it all. And at the time, I think I had just redone the engine or something like that. And so I'm blasting up this road. And I mean, it's, it's a road, but it's, it's, gravel potholes like it's a mountain road it's not like a a paved or any or even like a nicely graded road like it's a mountain road and i'm blasting up there to try and get to the tree line so that i can do some hunting before it gets dark and i'm going up and i start hearing this real bad noise and it's like something's clunking around and i can't figure out what it is you know so i pulled off and i stop and i'm looking around underneath the truck to see what's loose, you know, cause it's just something loose and clunky and I can't figure out what it is. So I'm looking around, I grab the spring shackle <coughs> and I grab the front drive line and then I grab the exhaust pipe. Oh no. 
because uh, I wasn't thinking. And I mean, everything's the same color when you're driving up a dirty, dusty road. And, you know, I was just, you know, in a very caffeinated state of mind, you know, jazzed up to go up and go hunting. And I grabbed the exhaust pipe just for a second. And I mean, I had been blasting up this road. I mean, it's a steep mountain road at, you know, 40 miles an hour. Or so it was not cold. And I burnt the crap out of my, the palm of my hand. And I hop up in the bed of my truck, open up the truck box and find my first aid kit. And I don't have any burn gel in the first aid kit, but I do have like one of those emergency ice packs. And I've never used one of the emergency ice packs, but you've got like, there's like a little bladder in there that you break and it creates a chemical reaction and it freezes so that you can have a cold pack. So I open it up and I can't figure out where the thing is. So I'm like, oh shoot, I got to open. There's another layer. I got to open it up. <gasps> Damn it. So <laughs> I opened it up and all the chemical that's in there spilled all over my hand. And so now, <laughs> now I've got a hot burn from the exhaust and a chemical, and a chemical burn, burn from whatever the heck is in this 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 cold pack so i'm sitting there i'm almost in tears like this thing like it's already blistered up like some of my skin is still on the exhaust pipe and i just got so angry and i'm like you know what no like because back when i used to rifle hunt the season here in washington for rifle is literally two weeks long that's all you have all year wow and so i'm like no i am not this is this is not happening so I blast the rest of the way up to the tree line and I'm like, all right, I can barely see cause I'm like in this searing pain and I go up to this road that I hadn't been on before. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on this road here. And, oh man, this is pretty tight. And it's, it's not a, it's not a road. It's a Jeep trail. And I go around this corner and there wasn't enough space and I hit a tree and it wrecked right into my bedside. And just, I mean, there's this big old dent in the side of my truck and I'm one of those people that like really loves their truck. Like um, I'm kind of like, it has a name. Like I, I love my truck. <laughs> like her, her name is babe, the blue ox because it's a big blue old Chevy pickup truck and she's an ox. She'll go anywhere. She'll do anything. She'll haul anything, you know? So she got that nickname and I was so freaking upset. And I was like, all right, I guess I can't, I can't do this. If I can't even drive, I can't shoot a deer, you know, like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just so stubborn, you know? So I go back down the mountain in defeat. I swing by the gas station and grab a bag of ice. And I drive home with my hand on this bag of ice on my lap, mm. just trying to cool my hand down. And I go home and I pour myself a glass of Jameson. And I sit on the, sit on the couch and my wife's like, what, what happened? What, what's wrong? And I was like, I wrecked my truck. And she's like, what? You, you wrecked your truck? I'm like, I messed up my truck. I burned my hand. She had like no idea what's going on. Cause like, I, <laughs> I, I'm in so much pain. I can't talk. Like my, my whole hand is just a giant blister at this point. And I'm so upset that I messed up my truck. And she's just like, what happened? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I messed up my truck. Uh, yeah, that was a bad and day. And then, and then you wrote a new pop country song about it. <laughs> I burned my hand. I wrecked oh. my truck. <laughs> I got no deer. Couldn't shoot what a deer. 
It was like I'm looking in the headlights. I've had quite oh my a few. God, why did this fall together so quickly? I'm telling you, you guys need to make an album. Why don't the three of us make a country band? You can be the tuba player. Oh, yeah, I'll play my trombone. Oh. Sure. Yeah, your trombone. Sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, I thought it was a tuba. That's all right. But <laughs> I've, I've had some pretty decent burns working in restaurants over the years. Um, like Applebee's used to do a burger night. It was five ninety nine for burger and unlimited fries. And oh, my so God. Like crazy Fact. busy. We used to saran wrap my arms, my forearms, so that I could reach over to the back of the grill without getting like horribly grease burned from the burger splatter. Oh, yeah. But the the worst burn I ever got, I was I think I was 16 or 17 years old and I was working at KFC Taco Bell. And they when they filter their fryer oil, they drained it into this big external filtering unit that had a spout like a faucet that went back into the fryer. And you'd fill up like a metal container and like clean the fryer out with it. So I'm sure. filling up this. I'm filling up this metal container. Just kind of zoned out. They let you wear headphones, and my manager's like Ryan, and I take my headphones off, and he's like, "You got a phone call." And I went, "What?" And I stuck my hand under the <gasps> spout. Ah! Oh! oh. Three hundred and whatever degree boiling hot, freshly drained fryer oil, and I fucking dropped the bucket, and I went, "Oh!" And I dropped to my knees and my manager and another guy saw it and they ran over and they picked me up. But what was worse was you couldn't put it in the sink because it was like filthy ass, hundred yeah. degree dish dishwater. Right. You couldn't put it in the sanitizer tub because it's like alcohol and chemicals. Right. So they shoved my, they shoved my hand into the ice bin. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you have to drain and, the ice bin. Well, uh-huh. that wasn't the problem when they pulled my hand out. All the skin was gone. Yeah, because they they shoved my hand into hard ice. Yeah, trying to cool it down, and when I pulled it out, all that blistered skin was in the ice, and I was like, "Uh, I was fucked up for months after that. I had to yeah. keep my hand wrapped and covered, and my hands have taken a beating over the years." Dude, I was gonna complain about grabbing the wrong end of the tongs, but Jesus Christ, boys, <laughs> y'all need to yeah. take it easy. And one time when I was like seven. I was riding on my, this is going to date me, but I had a banana board, like one of them, like long, skinny skateboards. And I was riding it in my, I was riding it in my driveway and I didn't realize that my mom had the grill on because she was making hot dogs. And I, I rode up to the grill and I went to stop myself and I put my (gasps) hand right on the top of the cover. Yeah. Now there's a permanent handprint on that, uh, on that grill. I don't remember. It was 30 years ago now, but I remember the pain. And I remember like a, like a week later, I would sit there and like try and crack the scabs on my hand. Like, cause I was a kid, oh. you know, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> kids are dumb, but yeah. Safe well, to say don't have none a of us here are ever going to be hand models. <laughs> yeah, man. It, that Dude, ship has sailed a long time ago. Yeah. Go watch some of my reels. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> like my yeah. hangnails and like, Fucking, you get like ferric on your fingers and it stains your nails yellow for like a month. And yeah, yep. nothing as bad as Fader's fingers, though, especially if you watch the Epicurious video. Oh, yeah. Why does, does he have fucked up fingers? Oh, yeah, of course. That's that was this whole thing when he when he was on the Epicurious video where he's comparing one knife to the other. Most of that comment section is talking about how his his hands are just so gnarly. 
but yeah, I mean, you work, you work with your hands all, all your life. That shit's going to happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't Sometimes know if you want to bring up my... the flea bags. Oh, uh, <laughs> he calls us the flea bags. Right, right. He, uh, well, I should, I should be fair. He's never come out and said the hustling grind guys are flea bags. But that one time I was on a live and I was annoying him and you were on that live watching. I'm pretty sure he did drop the flea bag in there at one point. <laughs> well, that was just one of those things. Right? You go on a live stream and he gets all amped up about nothing. A lot of us, <laughs> do. Whenever, whenever we're on live stream, you got to kind of, you know, put on a show and all that fun shit. So I, was, so I wasn't trying to piss him off. I was like, hey, man, you want to come on the show? But when you're typing and texting, there's no like inflection on your words. You can't tell how right. somebody said something. And uh and then he just kept responding, and so I kept responding, and then he kept responding. And and there's always that little delay where somebody said something, and by the time you tap, type it out, you know, it's already like a half a conversation away. So, like, you know, you're responding to something, and they're not talking about it. And like, what? what is it? What the hell are you trying to talk about, you know? Yeah. I don't Ugh. I'd like to have Jeff Fader on the show. It'd be interesting to talk to the guy. He's the wealth of knowledge. Dude knows yeah, a is. lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. For sure. I want to get him so, down on a on a interview show, but it just has never worked out. The one on one, yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. I need that'd to get those cool. things back going. Something fierce. I'd well, like to get got... any of the big names on, though. You know, I'd love to get Fader on, Mareko, Kamimura, Kayla Cummings, if she wanted to. I don't care anybody. You know, anybody who our listeners can learn something from. I'm interested in having on the show. I mean, you guys got Jason Knight and uh, Noah Vachon, and I mean, y- y- y'all are on your way. What are you talking Jason, about? Jason Knight's coming on again. Dude, that guy has, I mean, can you imagine the roller coaster of emotion he must be on of, you know, the high of that Kickstarter just going gangbusters and then the low of your shop getting burnt down? Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. He seems to be pretty, he seems pretty durable, you know? Like I feel a lot bad. of people, oh, sorry, a lot of people ahead. that would, a lot of people that would crush him. You know what I mean? But he's just kind of rolling with it. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem yeah. to have gotten his spirits down at all. He's coming on the last episode in March, and nice. we t- we talked about it not talking about knives at all, and it being an aliens and crazy shit only episode. Dude, that's gonna be a good one for sure. That's gonna be a lot of fun because I've I've been finding out some interesting information on the internet lately. So. I'm saving it all for that for that aliens episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. But while we're talking about Jason Knight, um, the GoFundMe for Tristan and Abigail Knight, and you can find this uh, linked off of uh, Jason's social media, Tristan's social media, um, or if you want to, you can just Google GoFundMe Tristan and Abigail Knight, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. Um, so Tristan and his wife, they're actually uh, expecting uh, a kid very soon um mm-hmm. and just so born. oh really yeah he posted pictures of a cute little baby nice i totally nice. missed that okay all right so brand new kid just lost the shop where they used to work in just lost all of his tools so there's a gofundme to to help them out it looks like as of right now when we're recording this uh they've raised nine thousand eight hundred and ten dollars um to help them out with the cost of rebuilding getting all their tools back and getting back in business so if you're interested yeah. or can um go check out that gofundme and while we're on the topic um pickles fundraiser 
uh, for his sister-in-law and his brother is going really well. Um, I think we're up over 13,000 or so raised for them. And, and when I last looked, there was 21 knives, three axes and a few other things that have all been donated. So, um, there's and a number of I think uh, speaking Lawrence um, is in there along with you Ryan um, for some maker giveaways. So people that have contributed mm-hmm. that are makers. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff um, that you can win, and it's going to a uh, a great cause um, for some people that are struggling with some some serious medical conditions. So go check out Pickle Cutters once again on Instagram. Get in on that fundraiser. Um, I'm really dude. $13,000. That's freaking amazing. Good job, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy with that. I sent off the knife that uh, that I was donating this last week, so he should get that soon. I posted pictures of it on my Instagram, so if you want to go take a look at that, there's some other amazing knife makers that have, that have put in some awesome stuff. So really proud of the community and the way that they've rallied on that one. Yeah, I almost feel bad a little bit because um, when when I saw that post, I immediately hit up Pickle and like, hey, I want to get in on this and sent him a, basically the list of knives that I have that I've made and haven't sold yet. And he picked one and it happens to be the one that's at Louis, my leather guy's workshop or workshop because, you know, he has the storefront and he's, sure. he's selling yeah. knives and a thing. And he's off all of this week on vacation. So hopefully, oh. hopefully early this upcoming week, I can get finally get in there and get it set. I, I don't want to be like the, you know, the guy that's holding everything up, you know, worst well, worst comes to worst. You can just do what I'm doing and just send it directly to the winner. Oh, that. Could, oh, that. Could so be whoever's thing. whoever wins my handle material out of the makers, I'm just going to ship the box to them. See, I kind of want to send something over to Pickle just so I can like get something in his hand so I can be like, oh, I like this. I don't like that and that type of a thing. So you have ultimate. I mean, this is a good opportunity to get some work into another maker's hand. Just maybe get some feedback, you know, (laughs) that's that's true. That's fair. I I get that. I got a handle material right here waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't stretch. We got some. Oh, and then this is some I did. I did this myself. Nice. That's pretty. And then you guys that are listening to the audio only version are missing out because that has some beautiful double dyed wood there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting my method down pretty pat. So I think I'm going to start sending out chunks of my own stuff for people to test. Now, say again what exactly it is, because I think you are leaned just far enough away that we couldn't hear you on the mic. When the just, just the now. the materials that you just put up. Oh, the ones for you. Uh, the orange and green are compressed hemp wood. Dude. And then this one is uh, silver maple that I dyed. And the dark came out kind of like grayish. It's supposed to be midnight black. And okay. then the red came out. The red came out really nice. And that's Dude, silver maple from right down the street from my house. I don't need all that. Why are you sending me so much? Dude, I have 300 blocks of maple waiting. I've got probably 200 more pounds of burls that need to be chopped up. Curly maple that needs to be chopped up. Um, I need to rephrase that. I said I don't need that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm an addict when it comes to like collecting handle materials. 
But, you know, I, I feel like you're being too generous, man. That's that's so much. No. Thank you. No, you. Well, I mean, you asked me for a bolster's worth and I was like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying, but. because I'm I'm doing a um, I'm making a knife for a pretty large um, um, video game streamer on TikTok and Twitch and a few other different things. I'm making a big ass chef knife for him. And, you know, he, he wanted his whole, you know, he smokes on camera and he does all that fun stuff. Mostly it's like this skate three, um, like trying to do these tricks on skate three. I don't know. I, he, he saw my TikTok and he reached out and he said, Hey, I want, you know, maybe we can get an order for something. And I was like, yeah, I'll make you something awesome. And you, you can shout me out and all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to do a little bit of like hemp wood up by the bolster just just because, you know, hey, it just kind of all, t- all ties in. Have you ever worked with hemp wood? Not at all. Make sure you seal it with something. Oh, yeah. Don't don't just go for like the high buff finish because it will like fray and get interesting over time. Yeah. You have what to do you- seal it with something like a CA, like do like a CA finish or true oil or something like that. I mean, obviously not true oil if it's going to be for food, but. Right, right. See, I didn't know that. It was just a, just the CA glue, the super glue, you know, seal it yeah, all like, up. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, it's nice. not bad. It, the stuff looks super cool when it's finished. For sure, for sure. I mean, it looks cool just from what I could see over that camera. Yeah. Um. One more thing I wanted to mention I know there's a lot of makers out there. Everybody knows everybody's lives change sometimes. Uh, Jamie the Squid is selling off his entire shop. Whoa, um, what the hell happened? He's he, nothing bad. He's uh, his family wants to travel cross country and like, you know, go be free and see the world basically. And so he's going to go do that for a while. And then when he gets back to wherever he settles down, he's going to build a proper shop. Um, but uh, he's. I'm I'm already claiming all the consumables like belts and shit like that. He's getting me uh making a pile and making a price for me, but he's got multiple band saws, he's got uh revolution, he's got a Vander Sander, he's got motors, VFDs, wheels, forges, acetylene torches, fucking anything you can imagine that we would need in one of our shops, he's got and he's selling it. So Wow. Hit up Jamie the Squid if there's anything out there anybody needs. So, wow. All right. Wow. That's intense. I saw he had some stuff up for sale. I didn't know what was going on, though. Yeah. No, he's just clearing house because they're selling their house and they're just, you know, banking up all their assets into liquid cash so that they can go and travel and see the world and fucking be free. Sounds like cool. a fun time, honestly. Well, I yeah, got one thing I want to go. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I got one thing I want to talk about. So uh, if there's if there's one thing that I can tell you guys, uh, you listeners out there, is that I will never lie to you. So I okay. have I have something that I need to tell, get off my chest here. So a couple episodes back, I was talking about my new kiln, and I talked about all the amazing things that you get for such a low price. And... As soon as I got done with that podcast, talking up this this kiln so much and saying how great it was, I went Uh-oh. out to my shop and I flipped it on and it blew the breaker immediately. <gasps> and then I went and I checked my wiring and I was like, huh, is something wrong? And I turned it on again and it blew the breaker again. And I'm not going to bore you with a long story, 
but basically it had a short in the relay. So there was an internal short in the relay, but here's the good part of the story. I got in touch with Paragon. They helped me diagnose it because obviously they can't just say, Oh, it's doing that. Well, it must be this. So luckily I'm a mechanic. I brought home my multimeter. I tested a few things. We got it narrowed down and they sent me out parts to fix it because it was brand new. So they sent, they warrantied out the parts for me. I swapped it out. No problem. So it's not like I had to ship off the kiln and have them go repair it and then ship it back to me and spend a bunch of time, you know, screwing around with that. They were able to help me diagnose it. They were able to, they FedEx like overnight or three dayed me the, the parts to get it fixed. My kiln is back up and running, but I just had to tell you guys that that happened to me because I, I kind of, I talked it up a lot, you know, was talking about how great and awesome it was and how there was nothing wrong with it. Well, and then literally within an hour of me, uh, recording that podcast, I went out to try and heat treat a knife and then boom, it was done. I couldn't do anything with it. So sounds like good customer service though. It was excellent customer service. And this is, you know, we've talked about, you know, building kilns versus buying kilns and stuff like that. You know, if I had built that kiln myself, what am I going to do? You know, how, how do I know what's, what's wrong? You know, the, I, it, I had a wiring diagram that I could go off of with this. I had customer service. I had, you know, really friendly, knowledgeable people helping me out. And so I really appreciated that. And I wanted to shout out to Paragon for getting that stuff to do me so quickly, being so uh, quick and easy to contact me. I mean, I was talking to people on the phone. I was texting people like it was it was really great, uh, the customer service that I got. So I'll shout out to Paragon for that. But it kind of sucked. Not going to lie. And if Paragon well, wants to sponsor the Hustle and Grind podcast, <laughs> we would be amenable <laughs> to working out some sort of deal. Now, it wasn't straight through Paragon. It was it was like a a sub company that that made that thing. Is is that right? Well, it what it, it's a Paragon oven. It's made by Paragon, but it's it's made to a specific. Um, they don't they don't Paragon doesn't make that oven and sell that oven um, through their regular retailers. It's it's a USA knife maker supply company only product. That's a collaboration between their Knife Dogs brand and Paragon. So. You can't buy that oven directly from Paragon, but it is a Paragon oven that's made for USA Knife Maker. See, that would have been like where as soon as you started talking about there being issues, I was envisioning, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's a Paragon oven, but it's not our name on the side. You're going to have to talk to those guys about it and kind of give you the runaround. So it's awesome that Paragon stepped up to the plate and got you squared away. Was it the same lady? No, that you talk to about the paint color. Like she's like, <laughs> shit, it's that, it's that baby poop Brown guy again. No, no, th- that, that lady was from USA knife maker. So for that issue, I contacted them, but this issue, I was like, there's no point in me even talking to USA knife maker. They're just, they're just going to direct me to Paragon. So I cut out the middleman and went straight to them and, and they helped me get squared away really, uh, really well. So shout out to them. Nice. Really appreciated that customer service. Um, and you know, stuff happens, you know, like I, I imagine any, any brand of oven can have issues. You know, you're talking about electrical issues. If I'm a mechanic, what's the number one thing that goes wrong on vehicles, electrical concerns. So I'm, I was going to say sensors, but yeah, electrical issues too. Well, sensors are, I mean, same thing, you know, sensors, electrical issues, it's all, all the same, you know? So 
Am I surprised? No, disappointed a little bit because I'd only used it maybe four or five times before it broke, but clearly it was just, you know, it was, it was a part. It wasn't like it was manufactured poorly. It wasn't like when they assembled it, something went wrong. It was, you know, I'm sure they don't make their own relays. I mean, it's probably a, um, a part that they order in and then it, that goes into the assembly of their ovens. So in, in my experience in the small engine world, cause at my work, we sell everything, you know, big giant commercial zero turns all the way down to the tiniest little chainsaws. If you're going to have an issue, it's going to be within the first couple times you use it. Hey, um, there you go. So you just found the weak link and now you got it fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Noah said, it's all assembled parts from different places. You know what I mean? So like most of the time, if we see a failure, like on a mower, the starter was bad from the factory or, you know, it was a junk battery from the factory. You know, it happens all the time. Sure. Yep. So now I just got to wait for it to warm up and then I can paint the oven black and then I'll then I'll be happy. Oh, so it's still uh, baby puke orange or green or whatever, <laughs> like that yeah. weird brownish color. It's still baby poop brown because it's I mean, I, I try to keep my shop above 30 degrees because I don't like my stuff freezing, but it's still not warm enough to paint. So when, once the weather gets above like 50 degrees or something, I'll paint it. I want to pick your guys's brand because I am like right getting down to the last. I mean, it's Friday. We get our keys now. So it's it's very soon that I'm going to be in the new shop starting to set things up and figuring things out. I want to hear your guys's pitch as to, you know, what is an absolute must for a shop and what should I try to stay away from? As far as setting your shop up, my, my advice would be the first thing you want to do is probably check your local building codes because any changes you make to the shop that aren't up to code, if something were to happen, your homeowner's insurance won't cover it. Or at least here in Maine, that's the case. So like I wanted to put OSB on the walls in my shop because it's durable. You can mount right to it. Fire code in Maine is five eights fire rock. It can't be OSB. So interesting. That's why I went with sheetrock because I had to. They made me bastard. So I should actually look at the codes and, you know, do it proper. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should, because if something happens, you know, and your homeowners doesn't cover it, then you owe the bank for a burning pile of rubble. Right. Oof. Yeah, that's a good point. And especially because I think you talked about on your podcast, you're going to have to do some electrical upgrades and stuff like that. Um so doing all that before you put whatever your sheeting is going to be on there, you don't want to have to rip all that stuff back down to get back into it. So, and I, I noticed from the pictures you sent me, your studs look like they're 24 inches apart, not 16 inches apart. They are 24 inches apart. So I would check the code on that. They may make you add some extra studs, which is no big deal. I mean, it's like $3 for a two by four. And then it you was just cut them down. For a two by four. <laughs> I, lumber's, go, lumber's going back down, but uh, you just cut them to length and put them where they need to be and you can toenail screw them in place. It's not you don't have to rip anything out to add more studs. Right, right. But, well, that should be so, fairly simple. How about like layout? Is there something that you love in your shop that you couldn't live without? I have a lot of benches and I need more benches. Like okay. You you can never have too much bench space, in my opinion, and shelving. 
um, storage for like all your little random things that might collect on your bench. Like if you, if like, for example, I etch my logos. So I've got like a little station for etching my logos and then I got a little station for stabilizing. And then I've got a main bench that's on wheels that I can move around the shop. Well, they're so all in I've... main. They should all be main benches. Oh, ah. oh. let me get my trombone out real quick. Yeah, Sorry. No kidding. That was a good one. That was a good one. You're quick on that one. But, <laughs> Sorry. You know, about like, oh, like ahead, my mobile, my mobile bench is the one, like if I'm doing an odd job or I'm gluing up handles or something like that, like that's the primary bench I use. And then the rest of them are set up for specific jobs like Kydex stabilizing shit like that. Um, the grinding bench is the one that I would pay the most attention to because I didn't when I built mine and I need to rip it out again. So oh no, it, it needs to be changed. It's like at first it was too high. Now it's too short. I want to, I want to put both my grinders side by side and yeah, it's so. How about you, Noah? Well, I'm going to disagree with Ryan in a very small way. I don't like having a lot of benches because I am horrible about covering them in crap. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, I really like shelving and I like hooks and shelving and I like exposed shelving because the way that my brain works is that if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. So I'll ha I have my main bench where I do, you know, the majority of my tasks, whether it's gluing something up, uh, or hand sanding, um, little stuff like that. And I just have all of my stuff within basically arm's reach of that bench. The other thing about that bench is it is standing height so that I am not hold into this one place where I can sit at this bench because I don't want to be sitting at my bench um, because it makes me feel claustrophobic. I can't move around. I can't grab stuff. So my standing height bench is where I do the majority of my work that's not grinding or forging. I'm less productive if I'm sitting. Yeah, yeah. same, same. For sure. So, and I, I mean, I have a stool that's like a tall stool so I can still sit at that bench if I'm going to be there, you know, in one spot for a long period of time. So I have that option. But having that height there is huge for me. And then around that, I have hooks. I have all my clamps over here on these hooks. I have the longer clamps over here on these hooks. I've got my magnets where I have the knives that I'm currently working on. And just having that sort of like main base of operations that you can operate from and and work, work through. Um, I have a large set of shelves to my left where I have all of my Kydex equipment so my my kydex press all of my sheets of kydex those are all on these shelves over here to my left that i all keep in those shelves and then i bring it down to my main workbench when i'm doing kydex and then it gets put away afterwards some of the time it should it should be all of the time but yeah so and then i have you know all of my liquids in this cabinet all of this in this cabinet and and just having that all there and then i have my metal bench and my steel bench is where I do all my welding. Um, I have my uh, ground set up so I can just clamp directly to the bench. I have my leg vise, which is attached to the metal bench. Um, I've got my oven over there as well so that hot steel is all on the metal bench. Anything that's hot is going to stay over there in that area. Aside from that, I have my press and my grinder next to each other. That's more out of necessity than it is anything else. They don't need to be next to each other. Um, 
but then I have my vacuum set up right next to my grinder so that when I'm doing wood, I can just move the, the hose over and just suck up all the wood dust that's coming off of the grinder. And then I can clean up all the metal dust and everything that goes around the grinder because my vacuum is always there. It's always plugged in and I can just grab it straight from there. And I have a, one of those little tornado dust collecting buckets on that uh, uh, attached into my vacuum so that I don't have to worry about it clogging up the filter all the time. So so it sounds like you guys are not proponents of trying to build a grinder room to try to keep all the dust all contained inside of a small little section. If I had the space, 100% I would, because that's the biggest thing in my shop that's an issue is dust everywhere. Like I keep all my podcast stuff out here set up. And if I'm grinding, I'll have to come over and wipe off my laptop. And right. It accumulates everywhere. So how much space do you have? 26 by 28. Okay. So, I mean, you're a little bit larger than what I'm going to be in, but it's it's not that much larger. I have a large supporting wall in the middle though so i've got a wall that separates it so gotcha. it, it would i thought about putting it upstairs because it's two stories and doing all my grinding upstairs like in a booth oh my god in the summer you would die i just know <laughs> it's like 110 degrees up there in the summertime oh yeah screw that i'd have so, to put so an how, air conditioner in how big is your your new shop be going it's going to be 19 by 24 that's a 19 good size. by 24. So, yeah, so you're going to have room to where, I mean, even if you just hung like that thick plastic sheeting and just gave yourself a, a level of separation to separate your grinders, that's going to cut down on the dust in the rest of the shop quite a bit. I don't have that option. So my my new smaller shop, I used to be in a 30 by 30 shop and I was going to wall off a grinder area. Um, I just never got around to it. And then I moved to my smaller shop, which is probably close, closer to like 12 by 16 or so. Mm-hmm. So, which don't get me wrong, I like it. I like the smaller shop because it forces me to be more organized and I can't move stuff around and I'm not running from place to place because everything's closer together and I can keep it heated and I can keep it cool. So I, I, I like my new shop. I just don't have the opportunity to, to create a grinding room in it. Mm. Yeah, I should probably point out too, I don't use my entire shop for knife making. Like behind me, see that dirty piece of wood? Yeah, my grind, my grinders behind that, and then most of the knife making is done on that half. And then over here, like where my four oh, can, where my four wheeler is, is, I was gonna where, say, does that count as a love you? <laughs> <laughs> where my four wheeler is, that's like where it lives. So that area is for like, like my rupsters against the wall over there. So there's like a quarter of the shops used for like my snowblower and shit like that. Another quarter of the shops where my wood stove and the heater is and my TV and my chair. That's like my man cave spot. That's that's a hard thing to have in the in the shop. It takes TV some, and a chair. Oh, my God. I would just get nothing done. It takes some discipline. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, all right, I'll take a break and I'll sit down and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to sit for 10 minutes. And then an hour goes by and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get up. I got to do something. <laughs> but the other half is all knife making. And. Upstairs so you said you're you were in 24 by 28, 26 by 28. So roughly you're cut, cut that in half and that's your like your knife section. Mm-hmm. OK, so I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, like, I just had o- to visualize that a little bit. Yeah, my my it's 
my oven lives on the non knife making side because it's on a cart. So I just wheel it around. And when I need to do a batch, I just wheel it over by the grinder and plug it in. Um, so I've got nice. it set up that way, but I feel like the more knives I'm making because I'm making considerably more knives than I was last year that 50 a month, ha- at least now I haven't gotten another order from them yet, but it's only been like a week. Sure. So, um, I try not to get my hopes up because then I get disappointed when it doesn't happen. I feel that. Um, but yeah, my, keep, my, keep your expectations low and then you'll never be disappointed. There it I, is. <laughs> I, I didn't succeed in my new year's deadline on all my orders, but I succeeded in enough of them where I feel good about it. So I had to have 64 out in six weeks and I got 61 of them out. Oh, come on. And the, <laughs> Goodness, just jack a couple days on there and call it a success. The other three were buddies of mine, so they didn't mind that I missed the deadline. But that's good. There you go. Yeah, I'd still call that a success. That's that's an insane amount of knives in short. It's a hell of a time. lot more than I made. Jesus. When I shipped them all out, I slept for like a day. <laughs> I bet you did. Because the like distress was over, you know what I mean. And then so I was like, I can like I'll just sleep today. Fucking out. My I went to bed at like four thirty, five o'clock. The wife was making dinner and I fell asleep and I just didn't get back up. <laughs> I've had days like that. Yeah, for sure. That's my that's my neurodivergent brain. Like I'll I'll go hard for like a month and then I'll crash. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is like you have to be able to get yourself up after your crash. And like, you know, I do that same thing where I go through these waves of motivation and then crashing. And it's just like, you know, you you have a couple solid weeks of just, you know, wake up at four and I'm in my shop an hour away by four or five fifteen. Yeah, like there's just something about it where you get in that mindset and all of a sudden you're just working your ass off. You're you're working, you know, 12, 13 hour days and all of a sudden you start. Yeah, that happens, too, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And not me. I I tend to eat when I need to eat, you know. (laughs) But, um, you know, and then all of a sudden you start getting sore and you start getting tired. And all of a sudden I start to like, oh, well, you know, I could edit a video I shot today instead of going to the shop or, oh, you know, the podcast is coming up. You know, maybe I just don't. <sighs> I found ups now and downs, that, man. that even when I'm stressed about how many orders I've got to get out or deadlines or things like that, I'm I know that this is what I'm supposed to do now because I'm only happy when I'm out here making stuff. And that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me back every single time is like, okay, so I end up spending an unplanned day of just, you know, Hey, I'm at home and I'm doing chores and I'm doing things and, you know, just not, not being productive for the small business. And then you force yourself to go the next day and all of a sudden you're right back to where you were before you started the decline. Yeah. When I'm Maybe not out, when I'm not ma- out here, all I'm thinking of is being out here and what I'm going to do when I get out here. You know what I mean? And like what I need to do, what needs to get done, what steps I'm at with this knife or that knife or. Yeah. I'm obsessive. There's something about it. I mean. I, I don't know if I have a little bit of the neurodivergent. I, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> with all the concussions. I mean, concussions obviously don't give you neurodivergence at all. But like, you know, I have a lot of those tendencies. I'm sure if I took a test, I'd probably, I don't know Trauma if you call can. it a pass or fail. 
It's not necessarily something you're born with. Trauma can cause it. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Ooh, so I can just blame the way that I am on my uh, on my brain surgery. Like that's sure. I could just. All right. Yeah. That's so wild. Un- we we're talking unlo- about it before the podcast. That is a wild setup you've got going. Unlike Lady Gaga, I was not born this way. <laughs> <laughs> we're an hour and a half in, boys. Yeah, man. Going strong. Let's. We haven't Honest- even done Florida Man yet. Dude, oh, my gosh. I, I forgot about Florida Man. Dude, let's let's keep this conversation going. Let's let's I want to do a full Joe Rogan on this show. I want to be I, I remember I can't remember <laughs> if it was the last episode or the episode before you talked about. Oh, well, now you're you're officially the longest podcast that we've done. I'm going to blow that shit it. out of the water. Dennis oh Tyrell's an hour and 54 minutes. We can do it. I got nothing to do. Let's go. I don't know let's if I go. can handle that. I've already driven like two and a half hours today. Noah, you've been kind of quiet over there. What's going on in your shop this week? It's it's the what? new year. What's going on? What's Noah going didn't on? tell us his goals for the year. Yo, come on. We're, we keep skipping Noah. Actually, I didn't tell there. mine either. <laughs> I didn't tell mine either. We're also oh, ADHD. Right. We go off on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, all right. So my goals for this year, I already talked about the, uh, the integrals. I'm going to do a lot of those. Um, I need to do a better job of promoting myself. Um, and that's something that every time I listen to a Brian house podcast, I get lectured on. I love you. I, d- I didn't, I didn't mean that like as a, as a bad lecture, that's a good lecture. And I appreciate Damn. you. And I, and I love everything that, uh, that you, uh, that you had to say, but, uh, it makes me feel bad about myself. Cause it's like, I don't do that, you know? Uh, so that's a, a big goal for me this year is I'm going to do a better job of promoting myself, of promoting my knives and the other stuff that I make. Um, and, uh, the, my, my biggest resolution is that I'm going to start going to the gym and I'm going to be healthy. Good for you, man. You're the thinnest one out of the three of us. <laughs> that was, it was, it was a joke. I was just trying to piss off Brian house. Uh, <laughs> so, so I've actually, I, we, we talked about this before. I've actually been going to the gym for like the last month and a half, I think. And, let me tell you, I freaking love it. So like I get up and I go to the gym every single day and it is like, it is so good. And I, like I told, I told you all that when I started doing, I was doing it for my mental health, not my physical health. Mm. And it's, it's definitely helped. I will say like all you guys out there that are in neurodivergence, like me and Ryan and obsessive compulsive. And if you're like me, extreme anxiety and the inability to calm down and focus and handle things. Same. Going to the gym is a huge thing. Going to the gym helps you burn, like Joe Rogan said, like burn that anxiety out. You know that you know the leftover uh, primal instinct to always be on alert, looking for the next lion trying to kill you. You know, like it has been awesome for that. I love it. Um, I lost five pounds in the first week, and now I'm starting to gain it back in muscle. So, good for you, man. I am freaking loving it. And like, I can also already notice a difference. You know, I had a little dad bod cookie jar that showed up when I turned 30 and, uh, that's, I'm working, working that away and I'm, I'm loving it. So I'm going to continue to go to the gym. That's not, it's not a resolution that has nothing to do with the new year. Um, one thing that I am doing though, is I'm going to be doing dry January and, and that's less of a resolution than it is just, you know, how freaking hard it is to stop drinking like during the holidays. 
Like no. every time you turn. Well, I know you don't, Ryan. <laughs> See, my trick but, is I just don't drink to begin with. Right. Neither of you guys drink. That's right. I forgot about that. That's so crazy. Okay. Everyone I know drinks. So it's so tough to like get away from it. You know, like it's so ingrained in like the culture around me and like everything has to do with drinking, you know? So uh, I'm doing dry January and they're doing like a, a wellness challenge at work where, you know, I won't get into that. But one of the things is to, to not drink for the entire challenge, which is 90 days. So I'm going to shoot for the 90 days. I'm not committing fully to the 90 days, but I'm going to be doing dry January at the very least. And try and figure out a way to fall asleep other than drinking every single night, which is not healthy. And um, I know it's not healthy, but my brain won't shut up when I need to go to sleep. So that's what I do. And so I'm going to try and do this. I think it's going to be good for me. I'm excited. I actually am excited because now it's set in stone, you know, like it's a specific date. I know some people don't like specific dates to like, you know, make a change to your life, but it's, it's helpful. So anyways, those are my goals for this year. Um, and, uh, Ryan, what do you got? What my goals? Yeah. What's your goals, man? Oh man. I don't know. I do know, but I think this podcast, Mm. I was hoping you were going to say that because I forgot to. Yeah, I want I want to grow this podcast into something much larger. Um, I want to catch up to some of the other guys Um, like you guys, Brian. Yeah, Uh you guys are about. You're about four, four times the size of us right now. Really? That's surprising to me. Yep. You're Um, a big deal, Brian Cohn. You Uh, are. You are. It's not me. It's the the other Brian. You're the big D, but I I want to, I want to, uh, I want to grow this podcast into something that like holds much more value and entertainment for the people who listen to it and also benefits Noah and I in a way that is substantial to our knife making. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean monetary gains, you know, I mean, there's other perks to having a podcast as you know, um, and making, I want to land more large batch orders. This first, this previous one, which is my first large batch order is like, it's got me fiending for more. I'm a whore for money. And like (laughs) those large batch orders, they're good money makers. And so it's like, it's like, fuck, if I could, if I could do those constantly, I'd, I'd be golden. I'd be where I wanted to be. And I want my name out there. Um, I, I want to be a voice in the knife making community. And, you know, cause some people don't think I am. I don't know if you caught that Brian Cohn, but I, I did not catch that. Oh, uh, there was some bullshit on Facebook. It was funny, but anyways, oh. yeah, I guys missed that hilarious. I'm sorry. I missed it. Um, and like not out of ego, like that more has to do with like building my own skill level to the point where people want to ask me questions because they feel like I'm doing something extraordinary, even if I don't think it's extraordinary. Stuff like that. Get a truck. I want a truck. <laughs> um, no, I, I want. I want to go back to going into the gym, like your, your, your idea of you want to, I mean, you're continuing your, your gym pursuits. 
I have a big issue when I try to go on a health kick and go back working out in the gym because, you know, I, I, in high school, I did a lot of sports. I did all of them that I possibly could, but my main one was wrestling. So when wrestling season hit, I would, I would end football at about two. 25 220 and then a month later i'd be down to 189 for alpha weigh-ins for wrestling jeez yeah yeah so you know i i just go back into the like that wrestling mindset of working your ass off and like starving yourself and just being weight cut awful yeah the weight cut and like right now if i was able to do what i did back then i would drop way more weight but again, you know, it's it's not a you you lose it and then you gain it back. It's 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 not a healthy thing to do to your body. But I have since college, you know, when I really started, you know, gaining back weight, you know, it's the thing is, is like I go into the gym and I all of a sudden go back into that mindset and I work out way harder than my body should like my body can handle. So not only do I get sore, but I get like you know, I get like overly sore because I just, you know, I go into the, I go into the weight room and all of a sudden I'm bench pressing way more than I should. And, you know, I just try to redo what I did in high school, which obviously I just can't because I don't have that stamina anymore. So I go on these kicks of like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to work out. And, you know, you have a month of, okay, I'm doing it every single day. And all of a sudden it's way too much and your body starts breaking down. And it's like, oh, who the hell needs this shit? I'm, I don't need to do that. My, you know, it's, 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 you know, I can't grind straight lines anymore because my arms are shaking Uh because I'm so damn sore. So if maybe, maybe that's something that, you know, you and I can get together on and, you know, if we could motivate each or, you know, maybe if you could just motivate me to do go in there and do a little bit at a time and build back up that tolerance. That'd be I got really an cool. idea. I have a great idea. What? Why don't we do a knife making challenge for weight loss? All right. I've got plenty of it to lose. I know a lot of us knife makers are bigger guys and a lot of us knife makers probably wish that we'd get the motivation to lose weight challenges are the way to go when i get challenged to something i'm like fuck yeah it's on bitch like you know what i mean and i, I mean i'm one of two ways either i get ultra competitive with it or it deters me because it's like a, oh i'm gonna embarrass myself oh yeah that's true um but like i'm six foot 245 you know i could probably get down to 200 for sure I mean, I'm at I'm at five ten and I'm two eighty five. I've got way too much weight to lose. You'd lose the first forty pounds like nothing. It would just I know. fall right off you. So uh, how do we how how do you want to go about this, Ryan? Are we going to do hashtag H and G weight loss or hashtag, <laughs> guys, hashtag let, me, H&G. let me get the house set up before I try to get myself all sore. <laughs> you can uh, we can't use an ampersand, right? The H, the letter N, G. Yeah, okay. sure, sure. H, I mean, H and, and G if, weight loss. If, if guys need any extra like motivation, I think they say you gain a quarter inch a wiener size for every ten pounds you lose. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but anyways, so back, back to the original thing you were saying, Brian. Um, so I I work out in the mornings before I go to work. And I have a very physically demanding job. Uh, so 
I have to force myself to take it easy when I'm in the gym in the morning. Otherwise I won't be able to work. Um, so, and the other thing is, is that while I do get up early every single morning, I'm not really a morning person. So I get going and, and I don't really know. It, it, it's, it's more the mindset that I got in when I first started going to the gym because I, I felt like I kept seeing these things online. I saw posts from Joe Rogan. Um, who else did I see a post from? Oh, uh, are, are you guys familiar with uh, Papa Swolio? No, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, no. so so I like his name though. Papa Swolio, you've probably seen him. He's this dude. He usually has his shirt off in his videos, and he's just ripped, and he has like a blonde beard, and all of his videos are him like spitting out water and going, Go "Oh yeah, Jim." Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, I know who you're talking okay. about now. All right. So it's hilarious. He's in all kinds of memes and stuff. But like every time I saw one of his videos, I was like, no, I don't want to go to the gym. And I scrolled to the next one and it like kept popping up. And I'm like, dang it. This Maybe is a sign. Right. And then I saw and then I saw that, you know, that post from Joe Rogan about, you know, when you do a hard workout, you know, you just burn the anxiety out of you. And I'm like, dang it. Maybe he's right. Like, maybe I need to do this. And like it put me in this mindset where it wasn't. You know, can I do this or should I do this? It was, I'm going to do this. And once I got, I'm a very stubborn person. And so once I decide that I'm going to do something, like my gym buddy skips out on me, I would say probably two to three times a week. I am at the gym every single morning before work. It doesn't matter if I'm there by myself or I'm there with my buddy. Like I am at the gym every single morning before work. And it doesn't matter if I don't want to, it doesn't matter if I'm sick. It doesn't matter if I'm tired, like, or if I'm sore, like I, I have decided in my head that this is what I am going to do. And so there's no motivation required because the decision has already been made in my mind that I'm going to do it. And I've overworked myself a couple times to where I had a hard time working. And I just keep that in mind when I'm doing it. And back, there's this, go ahead. Back to what B. Cone said, I also wrestled. So what class I know what you 160. I was so at 189. I, that was a bitch in Michigan. All of the studs when I was going through was at 189. I just got, ugh, it was whatever. Go ahead. And wrestling versus all other sports is all explosive energy. It's yep. all, it's, all 100% all the time. So that's how they train. Mm. And like, like we were like throwing up during training and like after a real hard training session, like you were fucking dead the next day. Like, Oh yeah. Couldn't even like put a fucking shirt on. Cause you're just so fucking yeah. sore. And so I know what, I know what Brian's talking about. Cause they, they instilled it in us to work out that hard all the time. Like, Right. That's that's just what we did was. And back then, you know, all you had to do is go to class and do some homework. It didn't matter if you're so sore, you can't touch your nose in the morning. Like, mm -hmm. you know, gotcha. all you have to do is write on a piece of paper and you have to sit there and listen to the teach, you know, drone off at you. So, you know, I what I really want and what I would really love is like maybe if we got like an Instagram um, message group together where it's the fat guys trying to get back to the motivation to, you know, get to the place that Noah's at where it's like every single day I want to go and work out. You know, I need, I need like 
okay, three times a week I do 10 push-ups first week, t- uh, 20 sit-ups, whatever. And then the next week you crank those numbers up a little bit to, to like ease your way back into that mindset. Because if you start off where I'm at right now and try to do a crazy explosive workout, I will be, you know, I'll throw my back out, honestly. Like well, I'll, and, I'll be absolutely And screwed. you're going to burn yourself out. Exactly. You're going to burn yourself out right off the bat and you're not going to want to do it. So you have to, you have to start in a, uh, a moderation, you know, and that right. was something that I did because I mean, I was completely out of shape. I mean, I'm a mechanic and I swing hammers for fun, but at the same time, like I, I don't do pushups. Like I don't do any of these other things. So I, I had no stamina. So the first couple of times I went to the gym, you know, I was using weights that I knew were lower than what I could use because I didn't want to a injure myself and b burn myself out. The last time I got into this, um, I, got myself a workout, but actually it's my camera guy, Kyle. And, you know, basically we're just going to planet fitness three times a week. But the problem is, the problem is, is Kyle is an actually like fit person. He, he runs every day and he, you know, works out every day and I would just join him, you know, three times a week. And the problem is, is I get into that mindset again. And then I'm also working out with somebody who's smaller than me, but doing more weights than me, which turns on this primal, well, if you can lift that, I'll lift 10 pounds higher. I'll do that. And then all of a sudden I, I'm back into the mindset of, oh shit, I'm, I'm screwing myself. And now I can't work next day because I'm too tired or, oh shit, I was supposed to forge tomorrow. Now we just did arm day. I'm screwed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, all right. it's, it needs to be, again, we're, we're beating a dead horse over here. Let's move on. Let's change those so, gears. So- There'd be too many nuances, too, because everybody is motivated differently. Like some people like positive reinforcement. I'm not that guy. I would rather you call me a bitch and a pussy and like a a fat fuck. You know what I mean? Like I need to be shamed into doing something. Is that like a kink of yours or is that just a, you know, workout? I don't need to know. I don't need to know. That's that's just how me (laughs) me and my brothers have always communicated with each other. So it's like that's what I respond to. You know what I mean? Like when, if, if one of us were to quit smoking cigarettes, it wouldn't be like a, you can do it, buddy. It'd be like a, you said it. Now you're a bitch if you don't type deal. And Ooh, all right. I'm also a mechanic. So I also respond to verbal abuse. That's just kind of yes. how we operate. So yeah. anyways, so if anybody is actually interested in hashtag H and G fitness or whatever, whatever the hell we're going to actually do here, shoot me or Ryan a message and we'll try and figure it out. If we don't get any DMS from anybody, then message message received. We'll, 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 we'll stick to knife making. But uh, <laughs> if anybody actually is interested in that, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it and see what we can come up with. Uh, Ryan, we're an hour and 42 minutes in. Do we want to do Florida man today? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. And real quick. I already know that Brian House is going to say we're all lazy for not just doing it and trying to come up with a weight loss challenge, but not all of us are gifted <laughs> with those genes. Y'all you know took that I mean? personally, didn't you? No, no. We just like fucking <laughs> with Brian. He's a sure. good sport and he gives it back. I mean, yeah. that grinder, he's he's leaning hard into the grinder comment. And I mean, it is good. It is good. I told my wife about it and she even laughed. And you can't not love the guy. I mean, his his hair is adorable. yeah i mean what like he i sent him a video about like showing him my hair and i'm like check out my hairline yours is way better than mine (laughs) (laughs) for those of you that can't see brian is showing us his hairline 
which <laughs> doesn't exist. It's the whole line. That's what happens when you shave it. We love Brian, and Brian is very helpful to me. And and since I've been taking over on the podcast, he's helped me out a lot with like like editing and trying to get our audio better and, you know, different tactics for getting your name out there and being listened to and getting momentum again. So huge shout out to Brian house. We love you. You should grow your hair out though. Do a, do like go full Mohawk. I don't think he could do that. Honestly. Like I, I just, I know his personality. I know he has what he likes and he'll never deviate from it unless he has to. He could do like the whole Mr. T fucking, <laughs> Straight right up, the, yeah. right up the middle. All right, let's roll into Florida, man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to play. Is it Florida, man, or fraud? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to play Florida Man or Fraud. I have three stories in front of me, all of which are entirely factual and true and come from reputable news sources. The question that you will be answering today is whether these crimes or events were perpetrated by a Florida man or a fraud from somewhere else in the country. First off, we have animals seized from home. Man charged after 100 plus found. A man is charged with 12 total counts after police said more than 100 animals were rescued from his home Saturday, December 10th. Prosecutors accused 46-year-old Larry McAdoo of keeping a variety of animals, including dogs, turtles, and alligators in poor condition at his home near this place. Uh, police were first called to the home on December 9th for an animal cruelty complaint. Upon entry, a criminal complaint states the officer smelled a, quote, strong and overpowering odor of animal feces and urine. He was arrested, and the house was searched over the course of those two days. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, there was, shoot, I, there was a lot of, lot of animals, but uh, a, quite a wide variety, including, like I said, dogs, alligators, etc., Red herrings. Do you think that this, do you think that this uh, animal hoarding uh, Mikadu was from Florida or somewhere else in the country? I'll let you go first, mm. Ryan. I'm going with Florida because of the gators. I think that there he must have been holding on to a couple red herrings in there because I don't think he would have pulled out gators unless you want to push us towards Florida, man. And for that reason, I feel like you're pushing too hard. I'm going to go fraud. Ryan, you're going to go Florida? Yep. Final answer? Yep. Beacon, final answer? Yes, sir. Tell me I'm right. Damn it, you know me too well. That was absolutely (laughs) perfect. Hell yeah. That was Milwaukee, man. Wow. Milwaukee. I, I mentioned the alligators twice because I wanted to get you. Good there job, man. That Hell is yeah. a solid, solid. Uh, well, well done with your active listening. There it is. The active listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Next boy. up, we have 
couple trapped inside unlocked janitor's closet for two days. A couple apparently who thought they were trapped inside a janitor's closet at a local college for two days until let police let them out. But as it turns out, the door was unlocked the entire time. John Arwood and Amber Campbell faced trespassing charges. Uh, Authority said uh, Campbell is also accused of violating her parole. Human feces and copper scouring pads sometimes used to smoke crack were found inside the closet. The couple told the police they were chased into the closet. And after two days, they called 911 for help. When they ran out of crack. <laughs> when they ran out of crack. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe, you know. Ryan, how hit it up use, again. How do you use copper scouring pads to smoke crack? Uh, as as the resident non-crackhead of the podcast, <laughs> I'm going to say I have no idea. I've never smoked crack. I don't know. I, yeah, haven't, I have no idea how you... I'm going ha- to have to look that up after the podcast, but maybe I feel like it's... Search. Yeah, I feel like it's not Florida... <laughs> Because you mentioned crack and Florida is known for its meth. So see, here's here's my thought process, and it has absolutely nothing to do about the story itself. Here's here's the overarching storyline of this. You do Florida or not Florida man, Florida man, and then not Florida man. So I'm good. Just because there's three, you don't want to because if you do two not Florida mans, obviously the third one's going to be Florida man. So therefore, if I'm doing a double reverse, (laughs) I I have done three Florida mans in one episode just to throw Ryan off and it worked. Oh, wow. Okay, so I I change it up. I keep it real. This is the Monty Hall effect where it's like, you know, okay, you got you can switch. Uh, I'm I'm going Florida, man. I feel like I feel like that much drugs in that little confine. It's got to be on, you know, Florida State. (laughs) It's going to be on the university. FSU. <laughs> All right. B Cone's going Florida. Ryan, you're uh, sticking with not Florida because it was crack instead of meth. Yep. All right. B Cone's got it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I am on fire over here. There it is. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Uh, B Cone's killing it. All right. Here oh, we go. Boy. This one's my favorite one. Um, Florida man tries to evade arrest by cartwheeling away from cops. Dude, you, you, you said it in the beginning. I... <laughs> <laughs> so you remember a little while ago when I was saying that I was really tired because I've been doing a lot of driving today. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, get that one right. Yeah, are you gonna get this one right? All right, I think I'm I gonna, might I'm gonna, too. I'm gonna get that one right. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. Uh, man, he thought he could evade arrest by out cartwheeling. The police say he was wrong. A witness was able to catch Gianfranco Fernandez trying to evade the police by doing cartwheels as he ran away. The viral footage shows the gymnastics enthusiast blocking the path of a truck at a Wavo by doing a flip in the middle of a roadway. Officers took him down for apparently blocking traffic, but the man was able to wiggle out of their grasp. He then launched into a cartwheel, cartwheel, but didn't get very far. He was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting arrest. Um, <laughs> it's the Florida man. I deserve that. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Any idea how you would have guessed that if I hadn't ruined it? 
honestly, not going to lie, I was so focused on getting the trombone out and not like playing the wrong <laughs> note. I wasn't listening <laughs> one bit. <laughs> we appreciate your honesty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So normally what I do is I take these stories and I, I put them in like a Word document and then I go through and I erase the all the names and locations because I know that I'm just going to read out the words like uh, like uh, Ron um, Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Yeah. If it's on the teleprompter, yeah. I'll read it. So uh, so I usually uh, I'll usually eliminate that trap for myself. But I spent the entire morning driving back to my house because we were out of town. So I didn't have time. Gotcha. So now I know that I really do need to do that. <laughs> that's all right no big deal so i try to not promote myself like you know i i got into the big trap when i was on work for it and i just got the black pearl and the x forge you know i talked about it way too much and i got some static back trying you know saying that i'm i'm promoting my shit too much and too hard but i don't think I, so i sent some out to both of you guys did you guys get it Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't used it yet, but I'm going to. Have you, Noah? Yeah, I, I posted a picture of a knife and tagged you in it. Oh, I, I know. I'm 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 leading you on to talk about it. <laughs> Trying to do the podcast thing here. No, I know, I know. I just messed it with you. Uh so yeah, so I I used the Black Pearl on a new EDC design that I was working on where the scales were just bolted onto the outside with the tang raised. So it's just a very primitive basic design that just gives the handle a little bit of more girth uh to grab onto than my my usual edc which is a shotgunner that i make and those things don't have any scales on them it's just all metal construction this is just a bigger version of that with a thinner pro or sorry a thinner um blade overall and then those scales slapped on there which just the edges rounded off for comfort and then leaving the texture that's on that black pearl because i love the texture that's on the black pearl because it's not overly aggressive where it's going to bite into your hands. Like some of the, like the, the orange peel, like the peel and stick or not the yeah. peel and stick, but like the, the, the peel off textured G10. It's pretty rough. Like it, you could, you could sand some skin off with that stuff. So I chose the black pearl over that. And in that process, I learned a very important thing. Um, and What's that, that is, the black pearl being monodirectional the way that it is, you do not want to try and router the edges of it. Yeah. Particularly on the end grain side. Um, I don't know if it's just because I have a crappy um, router or, or what, but I tried to router the edges just to round it off and have everything be uniform around the edges so that you had that nice rounded profile all the way around and uh, Split a large chunk of black pearl in half and injected a couple uh, fibers of carbon fiber into my hand. So mm, I'm sorry to hear that, I would, man. I would not recommend trying to router it. Just, you know, just an idea. I've heard that man. from a few people. And I think yours was the worst where you split the thing right in half. I don't know if you just hit the wrong like angle on it and it just, it just went on you. But I have heard of a lot of people saying that they've, you know, tried to do a router or router all the way around and it just it chipped or it, it split and you get those fibers that peel off yeah I, maybe i really should write up in the in the listings on my website about you know do's and don'ts with it well i'm sure somebody could probably do it and make it work but uh in the legendary meme words 
I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of retarded. So uh, <laughs> if somebody was, you know, maybe better than me, they could probably pull it off. But I don't know if I was just being stupid about the way that I was holding it or what. But yeah, it kicked back on me and just so I'm yeah. fucking terrified of my router. Yeah, it's so freaking scary, man. Like Dude, it's-, it's so scary. I've got a hand one and a table and I'm like, even the table with the guard and the little thing that sits down over the bit. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Pickle does it like he puts his in his vice and just does it right on the router with his fingers right there. I'm like, you got big old balls, Pickle. That's yeah. crazy. I've seen him Dude, do that, and I don't know how he does it because I can't. I'm scared of any sort of tabletop. Um, the the shit. Why am I the the saws? The table saws. Oh my god! I don't. I just I just blanked right there for a second. Table saws and table routers scare the ever loving shit out of me. Because my, I guess it would be my grandpa's brother. So it might, is that like your great uncle? I, however that works. Um, so he's a carpenter way up in the top of the UP of Michigan. Way up, way, way up there. In the Keweenaw Peninsula for y'all Michiganders up there. Anyways, um, so he was out there. And of course, he's right around 75, closing in on 80 when this happened. And um, so... He re- so he's cutting some wood on a table saw and he, you know, drops whatever he's drop, you know, working on and he reaches down to grab the piece of wood and puts his hand on the table saw. And literally his it, it you can he still he got back his pointer finger and his middle finger, but he still had lost his thumb. It was the bottom of his thumb about halfway through his middle finger and then, or his pointer finger. And then the tip of his middle finger was all just sawn right off when he put his hand on there. And luckily they were able to reattach the, the middle two fingers, but he, he still does not have a thumb. So those things have, has always scared the ever loving shit out of me just because that was like, Oh my God, can you even imagine? Have you seen those new safety breaks they came out with for table saws? The saw stuff. Yeah, the saw stop. It's like that spring-loaded aluminum honeycomb that slams into the blade. Man, I feel like it's worth they're it. Pretty incredible. They're, yeah. I know yeah. that they're expensive, and every time you they're break ex- one of those, I've you have also to heard it. Right, I've also heard that carbon fiber will trigger those things. Yeah, it's uh. the con- conductivity of it. That makes sense. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, just going yeah. along and. Yeah, so I'm, no, I'm, I'm terrified of my table saw. I'm terrified of it. I, I've I've used table saws a lot, too, but I've seen what they can do. And it's like you develop a healthy fear with it. I've never like I find myself getting complacent with my grinder sometimes mm. where I get I get overly comfortable because, you know, whatever you're you're standing there with your fingers real close for a while and you get used to it. I never feel that way about my table saw ever. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this thing's going to take off my hand if I fuck up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So Noah, so you didn't really do a whole lot of grinding on that black pearl. It sounds like other than just the edges. I, for, for that project. No. Um, aside from that though, what I, I started on another build, um, and then I got distracted and did something else. So I did actually work more with the black pearl than that, just kind of to test it out and see how it worked. Um, just some shaping and stuff. And I really liked it. It, it shapes well, wear gloves. 
Um, but yeah, it's really easy to work with. It's really easy to get the scratches out. Like, you know, on yeah. a normal piece of handle material, you use, I don't know, I personally start with like a 60 grit. I don't like to use 36 on, on wood um, or G10 or anything like that. But if you start with a 60, you really have to work your progressions the way that you would with steel, because by the time you get to the hand sanding, you want to have those nice thin, thin scratch marks that you're hand sanding out. But I mean, with that black pearl, it, it moves so easily. I mean, you can go straight from 60 to hand sanding and it doesn't take long to get those scratches out. It's, it's pretty incredible stuff. Let me tell you my progression. I, so with the black pearl, I start out, like you said, on 60 to do your rough shaping. I jump all the way up to 220 on the belt to do just like, you know, rounding things over, get your final shape. Yeah, you might have to spend an extra extra minute or so because those, you know, you don't want to leave a 60 grit scratch in there. And then from there, I go to my two buffing belts. One of it's the, um, oh shoot, it's the black, the black grease uh, buffing belt. Uh, what's it called? What's it called? It's on Maritime. There's the black the one. I Go ahead. The felt one, the felt one. Right. Like that's, the- that's the yellow, like the buffing belt, but I'm talking about the black grease. It's Maverick. I think Maverick grease or buffing powder or grease or whatever it is. And then I use the purple, which is like their crazy shiny one every single time. Like maybe I might have to touch up one scratch or two on the 220 grit to um, get the the last like hand sanded scratch out. But other than that, like I've done multiple knives where I've just done four belts and I'm up to like a really pearly polish. It's so quick. It's, I mean, of course I'm biased because I sell the stuff, but God damn, how how much easier (laughs) do you want? (laughs) So I've actually never used a buffing belt before. So what, what is this? It's, it's literally just like a felt belt and it has, it basically like a, I don't know how to explain it other than it's a yellow belt that really feels like almost like a felt material that you then okay. you, you put on your two by 72 and then you'll grab your, you know, buffing, you know, the, the grease compound. or the, the stick, the compound, and you just load that stuff up. Whatever you do, do not cross contaminate your, your compounds. Sure. I learned that mistake sure. early on. I was doing green and then white. And then I went back to green and then white. And all of a sudden it's a mix of the two. But, um, yeah, definitely get, you know, if you're going to do multiple ones, have a, a single belt for each type of compound, but it's so easy. And then at that point you get to use, like if you have a radius or, you know, whatever, you can use your platens on your, or your large wheel attachment or whatever radius. You don't have to like work your steel around in different, or you work your knife around in different orientations to get all the spots. It's just the, just the way that you would grind it. So I, would you I say personally, that I think that it's a better way to do it. So it's better than a buffing wheel, you'd say? I personally have never used a buffing wheel. So I, I don't, I can't compare the two of them side by side, but I've heard of more mistakes and more injuries and fatalities on a buffing belt or a buffing wheel than a belt. Mm-hmm. Because at least on a belt, if it catches, it's going to, it has multiple angles for the thing to fly off. Where those wheels, that thing right can back in your whip face. around and throw right back in your face. Yeah, I forget where I heard it first, but they're, it may have been on Knife Talk, but they were talking about this um, um, chopstick maker who is making these titanium chopsticks or whatever crazy high-end chopstick, and he was, belt, he was buffing on the thing, has been doing it for 40, 50 years, 
every day of his life. And what for whatever reason, the the buffing wheel caught that chopstick, wheeled, whipped it around and threw it straight through his heart and he's dead on the spot. I mean, I know for, for everything, for everything, there's a horror story somewhere. The, you know, point zero 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 one percent chance that the worst thing can happen. Of course, it's going to happen. And everything is scary for sure. But I, I my mentality is, you know, if it's going around a belt grinder, there's, you know, the straight down, it could it could peel off of and unstick and throw it into the ground. It could if it makes it around the one corner, it could throw into the back wall. If it makes it around that corner, it could throw into the ceiling before it throws back at you. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> I've always I've always said my buffing wheel is the most dangerous tool in my shop. And they're scary, had, man. They really are. I've had are. some close calls. I've had some close calls and it's like, "Ooh." <laughs> Cuz it happens so fast. There's no way somebody could react in the amount of time that it happens. Wow. Yeah. It really you it's just, And it's one of those things that when you walk up to it, it doesn't seem intimidating. It's one of those things that I can, I can imagine getting too comfortable with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into those belts. You said they, uh, Lawrence sells them. I'm pretty sure he does. I guess I, it's been a while since I've bought them, but I'm, I'm fairly certain. I'm sure if you, or even if they, if he doesn't sell them, I'm sure you can hit him up and he'll find them for you. Okay. Well, if he doesn't, then Phoenix probably does, or somebody that we know probably carries these things. So <laughs> I'll have to look into there and, and, and see if I can find some, because if I can, not only can I, you know, be safer by not using my buffing wheel, but I mean, with my smaller shop, if I can eliminate a tool out of there and make more space, that would be ideal. Sure. So, sure. Gonna look I into just that recently sure, uh, started using a leather stropping belt. I've been thinking about getting into them. What are your What are your initial uh, impressions on them? I love it. Okay. It, it's it should be pointed out that it's a strip of leather that's glued together on one end. They don't ride like a belt. They kind of fucking wiggle. Okay. And and flop, but you only really have to have it on like ten. Like you just run it low, wind a bunch of buffing compound to it, and then just take your burr off. Interesting, because I've been so, using my buffing belt on on the end of at the very end of my sharpening process. I've been just using my buffing belt and I whip that thing up to 100 percent or way up there. Just do really light passes. And every single time it scares the ever loving shit out of me, because especially when you're doing that light pass and the tip of that blade just touches. Oh, my. I could just imagine it every single time that tip's going to ride into that thing and it's going to it's going to throw that thing. But. So Ryan, maybe a leather everything leather at a hundred. <laughs> I really Jeez, don't, man. Very rarely do I actually go balls to the wall. It's the thirty-six grit and the buffing belt, and then the one time I was doing that that um, Scotch Bright belt and wasn't thinking. I swear, man. I very rarely touch a hundred percent on the VFD, but I guess that's when I make my mistakes. All right. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I use a leather be- belt as well. And actually I always have. So when I was first getting into knife making, I watched a, um, a Jay Nielsen video on knife sharpening and he used a little leather stropping belt. And I bought one off of Amazon, uh, cause at that point, all I had was my one by 30. And so when I got my two by 72, I was going to throw my one by 30 away and Hustle I was like, and wait a second. Sponsored by PhoenixAbrasives.com, your one-stop abrasive shop.
How you feeling there, Ryan? You doing and good? I'm muted. What the fuck is going on over here? <laughs> hey, were you just trying to? I mean, if you want to shout out Phoenix Abrasive again, you can by all means. Promo code Hustle Ten, get ten percent <laughs> off your entire order. Uh, there you go. So anyway, so yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's fine. So so I I actually ended up not throwing my. I pulled it back out of the trash can after I threw it out. Um, and I keep my one by thirty, and it's got a leather. It's got my leather belt on it that I bought when I first started making knives. And I just keep that thing underneath my metal bench. And then whenever I do sharpening, I do my sharpening on my two by 72. And then I turn around and I got my leather belt right there. So I don't even have to swap out belts. And I just take the burr off on that, that little, little baby leather belt right there. So Mm. it works well for me. If it works, it works. Speaking of those one by thirties, I had probably my my favorite experience as like my sharp Santa moniker this year. So I don't know if you I forget which one it was, but I was talking about maybe, you know, ramping down the idea of doing YouTube videos as often as I have been like just slowing that that thing down because it's just the return on investment seems on the outward, it seems kind of low. Honestly, I'm, I've I've lost a lot of money because I pay Kyle. Anyways, so about shoot, it had to have been about a month ago, maybe not even that far back. Um, I had a a lady reach out to me on Facebook Marketplace, and she sent me this big long paragraph. But basically, it came down to her husband and son were watching a bunch of YouTubers like knife makers and really getting into the, like the the um, the long, you know, getting super obsessed about making knives. And for whatever reason, they, they got onto my YouTube channel and they watched a couple of mine and they got inspired and they, they saw some, I think it was one of the knives that I cut a Verner's can in half, which Verner's is like a quintessential, like Michigan ginger ale. It's, I don't, I don't even know if it's sold anywhere, but, but Michigan. So they saw that like, it. right. It's it's, it's, is it really? But anyway, so they saw the Verner's can get chopped in half and like, oh, God, this guy must be in Michigan. And they and she looked it up just because she saw that in passing. So she looked me up and they she found me and she was basically saying, you know, can can we do lessons? Like, what's what can we do? And honestly, you know, I'm still in the baby shop and I'm moving into the, the newer shop, you know. I'm sorry, this isn't a really great time to try to teach lessons. But, you know, once I'm all set up, by all means. But basically, she was like, okay, well, then can you give me advice? Because for Christmas this year, I want to get them everything they need for making knives. So I gave, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's all the low end stuff. Like, okay, she's, like, she's going damn. harbor freight and like, you know, she's not, she's not going crazy with it, but you know, I basically, I was able to like give her a big checklist. Okay. These are the necessities. And if you can get, you know, these eight things that will set them up to really start, you know, they can start by making something that's functional. And, uh, basically I, I told her, okay, I've got, I've got my harbor freight hammers, I made a video about my Harbor Freight anvil and hammers where I, I kind of changed them up and I ground them down and made them into something that you can learn on. So I, I ended up giving her my two, my three pound and my two pounds um, Harbor Freight forging hammers and my one by 30 that I hadn't touched since I set up my broadback. So, you know, between that and, you know, all of the lists that she got, including forge and, 
all of the things that, I mean, just think about your shop. She, she needed just about everything. So I was able Who's to put her in the right direction. Now? Right. So I was able to push her in the right direction. And then I kind of gave her the one by 30, a couple belts and the hammers. And she already had an anvil ordered. And so I, that, that experience being able to find someone local that like, now I can like, Oh, you are getting into this. Well, let's push you so much farther ahead than where you would have been just by giving advice and, you know, setting them up with a couple tools that I haven't touched in a long time. I mean, shit. God, that just felt so good. Just being able to like, oh man, I wish I wish I had that when I was getting into it. Now I can set you guys up to really exceed. I don't know. You remember last time we were on this, you were on this show and we were talking about what a selfless individual you are. Oh, you saying, get out of no. here. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, that. That's what Come you on. were saying. Yeah. Proof, you fucking, proof once again. You fucking wonder why I don't mind sending you handle material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Here you go. So, so okay, so Christmas is over. We're gonna be done with Sharp Santa. So from now on, it's the selfless Brian Cohn. Yeah, okay. That's, that that's sh- the title. Get of this that show. shit out of here. Get that shit out of here. I don't guys. Need that. It's it's two Saint hours Cone. and twelve minutes. Saint, Saint Cone. There we go. Saint Coney's. <laughs> there we <laughs> go. Doctor Cone. I I I hate Doctor Cone. But you are Brian. now henceforth known as Saint Coney's. St. Coney. I love it. All right. House, if you're listening, Sharp Santa's done for the year. It's now St. Cone. Okay. Whatever you guys want. (laughs) I I don't know if I'll respond to it, but you can call me whatever you want. (laughs) We should find somebody who's good at Photoshop and make like a picture of you as like an old timey saint. Oh my (laughs) gosh. St. Coney's. We'll use it as the thumbnail for this episode. Oh, we need pony dogs in that somehow. St. Coney's. <laughs> they can just put halo, halo over his head, holding a hot dog in each hand. There it yeah. is. Oh boy! All right. And I think that's a show. Sure. I mean, wow! You, you guys want to keep going? I'm here, man. If you guys want to keep going, let's keep going. I don't know. Are you dying got, over there, Nora? You're you're too I'm, tired. I'm ordering pizza right now. <laughs> nice, nice. I don't. I don't like cooking anymore. Oh my gosh! I really I'm think gonna go order a pizza. That sounds good, man. That's a good idea. I really think the next couple of weeks I'll be ordering out so damn much just because we're moving. Oh, dude! When will we be. moved into this, when we moved into this place, I mean, the first thing we did when we when we walked in the door after we got our keys was we ripped up the orange shag carpet that was the entire upstairs floor. Mm. So we pretty much ate like takeout and pizza for a solid week minimum. See, yours was orange shag carpet. This one has green shag carpet and it's all like worn out in pads. It's does terrible. It, does, it have, does it have pet stains in it? No, it doesn't seem to have any sort of pet stains or anything. I win then. Mine's worse. Mine's yep. worse. Yours is definitely worse than <laughs> that account. There was cat shit all over my house. I win. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. I I spent a stupid amount of money when I bought my house. Like yeah? in the in the moving process when you're moving in, like I felt Oh yeah. Like it wasn't just me, Noah. Like I like, oh, you need shower curtains, toilet seats, the wife doesn't like this, she wants to change this, that light is kind of funky, so I should put in a new light. Like 
the list of things that you have to buy just grows exponentially every day after you take over the keys. Yeah, I spent for the first month or so. Oh, yeah, I I should have gotten myself one of those Home Depot credit cards, but I I didn't uh, because I spent so much freaking money there. It was unbelievable. So, hey, maybe this is something I'm I'm about a week away from getting actually less than a week away from getting my first, you know, home keys do's and don'ts for getting into a new house. What is something that, you know, is looking back, you're idiotic if you don't get this or that or do this or that. Do you have a moving van lined up? Say that one more time. Do you have a moving van lined up? That's the old Astro van, man. I got my own moving van. Yeah, you can fit um, everything in there. Not I everything. Would say... but it's, it's enough trips. It's only like five minutes down the road, so it's not like I'm going that far. I can make a hundred trips oh, if I need okay. to. All right. Yeah, we we moved I, a good thirty minutes away. So I would say because you're in Michigan. And your winters are comparable to ours, though it's been 50 degrees here all week. Same. I'm, I really wish. Weird? Oh, my God. If only this past week's of weather could have been this next week's we- of weather, we would have been set. Yeah. But anyways, I would, while the house is empty, go around and find any potential heat leaks. Anything that's mm. going to cost you big on your heating bill. I don't I don't know if you had to pay heat in the place you lived before, but it's, yeah, it sucks. It's horrible. It does. It really what does. Heat sources in the house. I believe it's propane. That's I good. believe it's That's propane. Good. Propane's better than oil and it doesn't fluctuate as much in price. And yeah. you get more BTUs per gallon out of propane than oil. As yeah. far as I know, I could be wrong. Somebody might correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I know it's I'm not oil. oil. I know it's not oil. That would be mine. <laughs> Mine's oil, hot water. So it's, I got hot water baseboard and then it feeds the hot water for the house. And it's not fun. Yeah. It was like, I filled the tank a month ago. It was like 800 bucks from quarter of a tank. So whatever that is, 150 something gallons. Noah, you said other than getting that credit card from Home Depot, is there anything else? Oh man, that's tough. I I don't remember what I ate yesterday, so it's really hard for me to think back eight years. Um, shoot, no, I can't think of anything. If I think of something, I'll I'll hit you up. But sure, yeah, just just try and be patient. Like it, it's crazy, it's hectic. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially if you're moving into a fixer upper, like. Yeah, there are some things that you want to do before you move in, but sometimes it's just not realistic. Um, yeah, we've come to a, a point where we've we originally wanted to do okay, let's do all of the walls, you know, get paint done. Okay, then we're gonna do all of the floors, get all that like. But the problem is, is that by the time we do our down payment, we're not gonna have enough money to do absolutely everything before we move in. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna you know do, fix all the things that need to be fixed. And then get in there and kind of do a mental tally, or not even a mental tally, but basically do a tally of, okay, this room to get it the way we want it is going to be this much. This room's going to be this much. Make that and then, you know, the, make a priority list. Okay, first, you know, we need to do the bedroom so that, you know, you have a home base and you, when you go to sleep at night, at least the place that you sleep is the way you want it first. And then probably the kitchen because that's going to be the most expensive and the most amount of, 
you know, return on investment for the money you put into it because, you know, the, the oven is like, you know, a little itty bitty tiny oven. And, you know, there's just, just a lot of things we need to do in there. And basically we're just going to try to piecemeal it out and it's going to be a long process, but it is what it is. I don't know. Well, it's, so, and- it's, it's so fulfilling though. Cause it's yours. Yeah, you know, it's not. I've never, not like I've never apartment. had that feeling before. Where like I've always lived either under my parents' roof or at an apartment, so I've never been able to like you know paint the walls the way I want to paint it, or you know do change this thing dramatically or take out that wall because I don't like that wall. It's gonna yeah, be weird. Totally. It's gonna be weird, but I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I would say in respect to that is if you're gonna do a room. Do the room, finish the room, make sure that the room is finished, and then move on. Don't yeah. get to the point where you're doing multiple projects in multiple rooms, or you are most of the way done with this, but oh, hey, your wife wants you to move on to this other thing. Get this done because it's you know kind of annoying or whatever like that. Like finish the room, finish the project. If you're going to do all the baseboards, do all the baseboards. Don't do most of them, and then leave yourself with like some trim to finish up or whatever it is. You know, like try and have that level of self-control to go through and make sure that it's completely done to where you're happy with it before moving on to the next thing. Cause otherwise you get caught in this really annoying spiral. God forbid you get to one where it's like this process absolutely sucks. So let's do everything around that project and then have to, you know, come back to the thing that sucks. If you are going to get a credit card, like a home Depot credit card, I would recommend the Home Depot credit card over like the Lowe's card. Mm -hmm. I have both of them. Um, The Home Depot card, you can order things off their website and have it shipped directly to your house instead of having to go in there and like figure out a way to like get a, like if you bought a big tool or whatever. Um, And also they give you higher limits and you can buy more stuff through Home Depot than you can. Cause like Home Depot is a distributor for when and Delta Right. So like a lot of tools that you might end up using in your shop later on, you can order through them like grizzly bandsaws. They sell through Home Depot dot com. The rewards are really good. So if you're, you know, like when you first sign up, usually it'll be like, oh, you spend a thousand dollars, you get two hundred dollars off or something like that, like an Mm -hmm. introductory offer or stuff like that, which is really huge when, you know, you're spending a thousand dollars easily just on one project, you know, for your house. You know, right. You build a fence, you're spending two grand. Okay. Well, $200 off of that. Pretty good. Plus all the regular rewards of like, you know, one and a half percent or 2% cash back or whatever, when you're shopping there, it adds up. So it's worth it. So luckily in Mount Pleasant, we have, we have a, um, home Depot and we also have Menards, which I think is kind of a smaller, maybe it's just a Midwest thing, but Menards about once a month will do 11% rebate on everything. Holy that's pretty yeah. really good. So that's kind of we're kind of hoping that things line up where it's like, OK, you know, if if we could get in there in the first week, have that 11, because the thing with that 11 percent rebate is it can happen whenever they don't let you know ahead of time until that Sunday. OK, starting Monday, 11 percent re- rebate all week. So, you know, got, I would be so cool if somehow that all lines up where we get our keys and all of a sudden we've got the 11 percent rebate. We can start actually getting some decent deals on things. But I really think that what it's going to come down to is, 
you know, luckily Emily is one of those, you know, really thrifty shoppers. Well, she'll go to like five different grocery stores because, well, this is it's cheaper here and this is cheaper there. You know, she's all about getting the the best bang for your buck. So I can kind of luckily I can just kind of sit back and be like, OK, Emily, this is this is the list of things we need. You find them. She's good at that stuff. Nice. It's always good to have a partner that's on the same page with you about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is good with that. My cool. first wife was terrible with money, bro. <laughs> you want you want to stick with somebody who's good with money. Man, I really feel like I I mean, not to just gush about Emily like I, I do very regularly, but I found that unicorn that is, you know, not only smart, but, you know, man, I, I can go on. But this this is not the podcast for it. Sorry about it. No, Sorry, it's guys. all good, man. You know, I, I talk about my wife all the time and, you know, there's a lot of makers out there that, you know, we we just couldn't do what we do without the the help and the support of of our wives, you know, and that's. Yeah. Very, very true for me. My wife is amazing and she allows me to do the things that I do. I couldn't do what I do. I mean, the the biggest prerequisite for being a successful knife maker is a wife with a real job. (laughs) So here's what I was thinking. I had an idea and like we're booked out for guests into the beginning of April. Okay. I was thinking at some point we could do a knife wife episode where a few Love of it. our wives come on Love and, it. Talk, and talk to each other about what it's like being married to a psychopath <laughs> you know now would we be a part of this or would it just be a wife episode i would probably like have to be here in case anything went wrong on the computer but i don't know i haven't really planned it out that much we can have up to eight guests in one call sure so Man, I mean, I'm sure Dennis's wife, couple, Dennis yeah, Tyrell's wife would be good for that. Gentry's wife, Molly, is is also, I feel like she would be up there. We could do a couples episode. That'd be cool. Love it. Yeah. All right, guys. I love that idea. Let's put that on the books. I have You're to dying. go. This has You're been dying. the longest podcast in my life. <laughs> two two hours and 25 minutes. Dude, All right, man, I, I appreciate you guys for having me on. I, I really love this podcast and I really love the direction that you guys have taken it. You guys have I, I feel like you guys have just su- succeeded all expectations. I, I truly like. I I will hit or miss listening to my own episodes on work for it just because, you know, I, I was already there. I don't need to re-listen to that. I, every single week, no matter what happens, as soon as it drops, listen to the Hustle and Grand podcast. Love you guys to death. I love this show. Thanks, man. I really do. That's and amazing, we appreciate you, you being like drop of a hat. You want to do an episode <laughs> right now? And you're like, yeah, let's sure. do the longest episode you've ever done. <laughs> let's do it. Man, we Not need to do I one. There. I'm there 110%. <laughs> we need to do one last little topic. Just fill out these last five, four minutes to get to two and a half hours. Come on, let's let's hit it. Let's go. Actually, you know what we can do? We can read what? off the patrons. We can read off the patrons. There it is. Tell me about your we patrons. Be- we got a new patron this week, actually. Oh, yeah? And yep. So we'll name him first just to give him a shout out. That Spruce Hill Studio is the newest patron of the Hustle and Grind podcast. Thanks to him, an angel got its wings. Nice. Um, 
down through the list, we got Donnie Dulovich, KnifeMaterial.at, Works, Brigham Kendall, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, Richard Beck, Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell, Troxclair Custom Cutlery, Zachary Sowell, uh, Maritime Nice Supply, I lost my place, Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Henningkamp, Echo Blades, Sourwood Creations, Bremner Built Knives, Snake Branch Knife Works, Stormlight Forge, Timber Tiger Forge, Ira Housework, Maximus Knives, Jared Weaver at the Master of Metal Manipulation, Mr. Brian Cohn, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, man. Driver, driver Defense Knives, and the newest one is Spruce Hill Studios, so thank you all. Do you guys, I, I remember back in the day, you guys would do a shout out to one of them. We'd all look them up and, you know, shout out a few things. Do we want to do that real quick? Let's do the newest one. We'll look up Spruce Hill Studio. As it happens, I'm just looking them up right now because I wanted to follow them. Is it, how How do you look them up? What's the, what's the exact one? Like, spell it out for me. S-P-R-U-C-E dot hill dot studio. Says main based blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and woodworking. Oh. oh, I forgot he was from Maine. Yeah, well, from Maine. I've been following along with him for a while. He's, I mean, he's got some really good stuff for sure. He's only got 184 followers, so we got to pump them numbers up. Here's one from him. So there's a post of him. It looks like he's doing some heat treating, but he has a, you know, box square tube in the heat or in his forge to do that like you know fake even heat where it kind of spreads out and makes a more even heat over a larger area man that mm-hmm. is one of the things that when i learned that i forget where i heard it first but that just it allowed you to do larger knives because all of a sudden you know your forge isn't just hitting one small area and you have to move it back and forth and just barely make it happen i mean that's that's a smart move for sure that's a smart move Ooh, he's got a EDC blacksmith's pocket knife. That's kind of like that, the fold over style uh, friction folder. Very nice work. I was just going to point those things out. I love those friction folders. Those things look great. Yeah, he's got a lot of cool stuff here. He, he, these forged feathers. I love forged feathers. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. And he's got some really cool ones. Man, the forged leaves look good, too. I, I mm-hmm. tried to do a couple of those and just they look like dog shit. It's it's a skill for sure. That's a really oh, yeah. that's a really, really good high end skill. Well, not not high end. Like if you just do leaves all your life, you're not going to make much money. But it it makes you think about how you're going to move the metal in just the right way. It's it's sure. it's a good practice for sure. For sure. He's got some nice little Kiridishi uh, marking knives. Yeah, I just saw those. Looks like he's doing some stabilizing, too. That's cool. So yeah, yes. go check out Spruce Hill Studios on Instagram or Spruce Hill Studio, excuse me, on Instagram and give him a follow. Spruce.hill.studio. Yeah, he's a good follower. He's a great guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. He's a really cool dude. I wondered where in Maine he's at. Wouldn't that be weird if he was like down the street? Man, I mean, how big is Maine? Like, is it a giant state? It's pretty like- good as far as surface area goes, but we only live in like one strip up the front of the state. And then the rest is woods. Maybe a meetup is in order. 
Maybe. I don't like meeting people. <laughs> <laughs> I I pretty much yeah. No, I get you. I, I get you. I, I went to Walmart the day after Christmas and that oh, was geez. the that was the first time I had been to Walmart in over a year. Wow. Yeah. Just my wife was I, like I can't yeah, she she's like I can't believe you're coming. I'm like, well, it's you know, day after Christmas, it, I need to Is it just a hermit status where you just can't be around people or like, what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you talking about how, you know, you're worried about going to Blade Show because if you get in a room with a bunch of people, you get overstimulated. I do. I do. My brain like registers all the conversations that are going on. Mm-hmm. So it, it like, I, uh, I can't explain it. It's hard to describe what happens to me. But the wife and I have been together 10 years. She knows. So yeah. like, if we're if we're in a place, she'll hand me the car keys. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I can go sit in the car. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> get me the fuck out of here. Speaking of get us the fuck out of here. Noah's dying over here. I feel like we need to end the show. <laughs> Let's do this. This is a good one. This is a great one. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate you. Uh, Noah and I would have talked. We talk all week, so it's like, what are we going to talk about? And yeah. We kind of lean. We've we kind of developed the show now to lean on the guest to drive the conversation because we know and I have already talked all week. Sure. We, we both already know Ameribraid sponsoring us now. Shout out to Ameribraid. Everybody go on their website, Ameribraid.com. Buy whatever you want for as much as you want to pay. And how about this? Um, I don't know if I can figure it out, but if you type in. What what's your favorite HG five or hustle and grind five? Like what's what's the discount to code? I want to do it on my Black Pearl for this upcoming week. Just for those uh, of you who are crazy enough to listen to us for two and a half hours, hey, maybe you can get some Black Pearl for fuck. Let's do ten percent off. Hustle ten is our is our standard discount. Code. Hustle ten on the website. Go pick up some Black Pearl. Type in Hustle ten. 10% off. I'm going to do it. I'm going to set it up as soon as we're off of this podcast. And if you're listening for two, two and a half hours, damn, go follow these guys on, uh, on YouTube. We need to watch these things live. This will come out on YouTube in probably two or three hours. Oh, shoot. I need to set up this, uh, this <laughs> hustle 10, like right now. <laughs> there we like go. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you all. Noah's Go get dying. yourself some black pearl. Go check out a mare braid. Have a great week. Bye. See you guys. Yeah, yeah. Love the show. <laughs>